Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Swapcast been hanging out with a lot of fellow podcasters lately. Andy Rouse, obviously Ryan Dean. I've done many swaps with him. Alex Stein, you can see me on the Conspiracy Castle often. But today, for the very first time, I had a conversation with Jay Hennahan from the How to Kill a Sacred Cow podcast. And it was a pleasure. We talked a lot about certain things that I've been interested in lately, things you folks have probably heard a lot about. There's a little confusion on whether or not it was a swap cast or if I was a guest on his show or if he was a guest on mine. So either way, I thought it came out great. And Jay's an awesome dude. We even talked about Tartaria. Ooh, everyone's favorite topic and mine as well. But please go to howtokillasacredcow.com. Support Jay on Instagram. Look that up, How to Kill a Sacred Cow on Instagram. And all the other links will be in the description. Check out his podcast and the same app that you're using to listen to this podcast. And thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys like the 
your handbook for the apocalypse a new show on michael wan's podcast feed you can find that by the name susquehanna alchemy that's right s-u-s-q-u-e-h-a-n-n-a alchemy look that up it's a podcast and every week we will be doing a show called your handbook for the apocalypse that's all I'm going to say now. You can listen to that episode after you listen to this one if you haven't already. But please show Mike some love. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Rockfin. We're everywhere, baby. And if you really want to be a part of the family, then you got to join Patreon.com slash MFTIC. That's right. So, either way, we love you. Thank you for being here and enjoy this swapcast and a bonus special uh, treat that I'm going to put at the end of this episode. I don't even know what it is yet. I think it might be the Laura Lenhard thing because this episode's a little short. I wanted to put some extra stuff in and make it two hours. So, peace out. Enjoy the episode. I don't give a fuck who you are. Everybody's got something to hide. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's got skeletons. Who who knows how long they've been auto-transcribing telephone conversations. I mean, email and, and text is easy. We all know that. And here's what's fucking crazy. How the fuck does, does uh, fuck Edward Snowden come out, release all that shit? a survival mechanism because if anybody figured out what the fuck they've been up to for all these centuries there that they would we would just wipe out all their families you know what i mean like they would be extracted from the gene pool immediately unless they could get down to their underground bunkers which they would do and just nuke the earth you know start over The only reasoning I can come up with is that it's spiritual. It's something that extends past our understanding of time and space. There's got to be, or maybe they're blackmailed by other entities that they've been working with. damn i like the setup i've never uh i've never watched any of your videos i've only listened to it thank you yeah yeah we only put the uh we only put the podcast videos on patreon right now but i just got a rockfin so we'll be uh oh nice we'll be putting this on rockfin most likely that's fucking dope right on dude thanks for joining up with me today i mean 
we can really take this any, in any direction. We're both New Englanders. We both have experienced probably similar lockdowns. You know, you're up there with the, the Harvard establishment. I'm down here with the Yale establishment. So we kind of have uh, similar influences, I'm sure. Listening to your show, I love all the guests you've had on. And yeah, dude, it's a pleasure being here with you. And I'm, I'm very happy to be talking with you too. It's definitely, um, it's, it's always great to connect with other New Englanders because, you know, sometimes you feel kind of lonely with this stuff. So mm. it's, it's actually nice to, to reach out to people that are actually within arm's length. Yeah. Yeah. It is sort of feel like we're, uh, we're black sheep and encouraged to stay quiet in New England, you know, a lot of, uh follower vibes around here maybe that's the puritanical protestant catholic all that you know who knows me personally i found spirituality just through smoking pot and you know that as well as was slow to come to this side of the country just recently legalized in connecticut and i know up there in mass you guys have been wrecked for some time but uh but yeah that was a big step for me to getting out of that Puritan programming that we kind of go through here in New England, uh, was smoking the herb. I wonder if that was true for you. What was your moment that kind of brought you out of what you could have been if New England just like put you through the ringer, like they do for so many people. It's funny that you should mention it because I remember the exact moment I just gotten high with a bunch of my friends. We were maybe like 16, 15, something like that. We're walking down the street and I start looking at all the houses and I was like, oh my God, we just live in a bunch of boxes. I, and I had never heard that song that became the intro for weeds, you know, little boxes on, I had not heard that song yet. So it was, it was actually an original thought and it just like fucked me up. And, uh, and, and it was like, you know, everything kind of went along that kind of thread. And I even remember my first philosophical thought when I was a kid, uh, I, I was, I was driving in the car with my mom and I said, mom, what if the colors that I see as blue and red, you see as purple and pink. And she was like, wait, what are you talking about? I was like, well, what if my red is your purple? You know, what if we're seeing different colors and we're, 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 I don't think I said experiencing life in different ways, but that's what I meant. And she was like, motherfucker, I got bills to pay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's been, that's been the attitude and the response that I've received to most of my queries or quandaries or any, any philosophical anything. Yeah. I mean, I can't say I, I remember any childhood thoughts, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, hence the name of my show, because it's like every time I tried to connect on that level with my immediate, uh, personal and familial connections for the most part, people were just like that same approach. You know, I got bills to pay. How does that get me from A to B? You know, that seems like you're over in W, X, Y, and Z land. You know, people are worried about A, B, and C, you know, and, and I'm trying to look at the whole picture I always have, you know, and, and I think the reason I always try to bring up cannabis or at least give it a little credit is because before that I was totally like, I was questioning things, but it was sending me down that scientism direction. And I think a lot of people from my generation, I don't want to date you, Jay. I don't want to age you, but I'm 27. I feel like a lot of the dudes that I grew up with, 
gals that I grew up with, they either have this sort of blue pill attitude of like, none of that matters. I'm focused on A, B, C, or D, you know, but then there's that middle ground of people who do kind of think like, oh yeah, I, I'm an intellectual. I think deeply about things, but they still follow the leader when it comes to these thought police and the scientism and, and how things get curved. And I, like I said earlier, I was listening to your conversation with Sophia and I thought, you know, the way you, you mentioned, uh, medical, what you were saying about medical information and disinformation and how like this information is labeled as misinformation when it's really just informed consent that we're asking for. It's like as simple as just like, give us the, the square truth about what's in these products that you want, uh, our insurance companies to pay for, you know, on our behalf, cause they're getting paid for this no matter what, but it's just, yeah, maybe I I'm going off on three different little tangents like I always do, but you know, I think we see eye to eye in a lot of those areas. Yeah, I think so too. And, uh, that that particular conversation with Sophia, I, I mean, I learned a lot. I always learn a lot from her and it, it really opened my eyes as to kind of the, the enormity of what we're dealing with, because I've been focused on this podcast, more on the mental health effects of the lockdowns and the civil liberties question more recently as to the vaccine mandates. But the shit that she was talking about, it, it goes right into the DNA, going down to rewriting the code. And right. I, I picked up on some of that, you know, because I listen to like uh, like the Ripple Effect podcast, the 500,000 doctors that Ricky's had on, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and so I've gotten I've gotten a, a peek here and there into like the enormity of it on the on, on that kind of a level. But to sit down with someone and actually have her explain it to me was, was a whole nother thing with my own questions and stuff. And it's, it, it gets, it gets you worried. And to a certain, to a certain extent too, like some of the, especially some of the people that Ricky has on his podcast, it's, it's a little above my pay grade. It's, you know, I mean that, that level of, of analysis is, you know, I, I kind of take it on faith because I trust Ricky and I, 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 after listening to, and especially he's had those doctors on his show a lot. You know, you come to develop a level of trust where, um, you know, well, I, I may not be able to to figure out whether or not what they're saying is true or not, but it, there seems to be a level of trust there. So um, to actually sit down with her you know, and, and she isn't even like a doctor or anything like that. She's just very observant and very thorough. And she's been on it for a long time. She was she's been working on synthetic biology and chemtrails, the whole science uh, aspect of of the kind of the the uh the conspiracy if you will so yeah no i, I that's that's nothing that's nothing new though i mean this whole genetic you know she talked about the genetic manipulation and how they're literally rewriting the dna i think bruce fenton was just on uh, the higher side chats and and tinfoil hat recently talking about you know the genetic manipulation evidence for that in our ancient pasts you know possibly through extraterrestrials i wonder have you gotten into that what are your thoughts on on extraterrestrials and do they have a part in this whole COVID thing because you know i thought it was interesting how we have all this ufo activity before the lockdown and then you have this whole disclosure thing going on on the 25th right 
So that's another one of those things where it depends on what day you ask me during the week, what I think about it, right? Because I, I flip-flop on the alien question often. Uh, and, and aliens is actually the kind of one of the first things that got me into all this stuff. My father had told me when I was a kid, he, he told me about uh, Behold a Pale Horse, you know, uh, William Cooper's book. And that set me down, uh, you know, that rabbit hole, the alien rabbit hole. And so I think it's a, it's a possibility that aliens interfered with the human genome in our distant past, but I'm more prone to thinking about the evolution of, of civilization in terms of, uh, humans doing it on their own. Um, and maybe accessing other dimensions, you know, maybe, maybe if they're not extraterrestrials, maybe they're extra dimensional beings mm. just because it would be so difficult to traverse the stars with physics as we understand it. So they would have to have, they, they would have to be able to bend reality in uh, an extra dimensional way in the first place, just to get here. If they were from another star. Right. And, and also, I don't even entirely trust the scientific model about the universe in the first place. I've got my own questions. Not that I think it's all fake or that we're living on a, on a flat earth per se. Um, so the alien question is so fucked up to me. And I kind of see it like this. So, right, if something is on television, if something's in the media, if something is in the, the, the zeitgeist as uh, being possible, I, I immediately don't trust it. So I see History Channel doing Ancient Aliens and I go, mm, I don't trust this shit anymore. You know, I see I, I, I see disclosure coming out from the government, from the Pentagon, finally telling us what we're seeing with our eyes might be true, but we, we don't have all the evidence yet. I see that as highly suspect. So if they're pushing us down this route as aliens are from another planet, from another galaxy, from the other side of the universe, I immediately don't trust it because they're trying to push us into a direction that um, that they want us to go in. So I might be more prone to think of, of aliens as extra dimensional, or I've also had the idea forwarded to me recently that they might be humans from the future. And I love time travel. I say it on my show all the time. I fucking love time travel. And that, uh, I, you know what I'm saying? Uh, time Time is, uh, is that's, that's a mess of fuckery. So have you, I, uh, have you looked into the John Titor case at all? No, no. What's that? So John Titor was apparently a time traveler who made his way onto the internet somehow and left all this evidence behind, you know, predicting such and such. And then, you know, disappeared as all time travelers do. Uh, but that's one of, of a couple different cases. I don't know that case enough to be like, you know, reciting the whole details, uh, for it to be worthwhile. But I think, you know, one thing that struck me was some of those old photography reels. They're like real glass reels, like old school photography. And there's guys with like goggles on and, and like odd things in their hands that look a little too advanced, which time travel, but considering, you know, this more recent, uh, I would say topic in, in this kind of field we're in Tartaria, have you looked into that at all and how that might play into this whole scheme? 
a smidgen, right? So everybody was talking about Tartaria in the past like few months, like like there's been books on it out for years. And I'm like, what the fuck is this Tartaria shit? Like, I, I think I first heard it on uh, on Tinfoil Hat. And I, I started digging into it. The uh, So there's a couple of people I've been following. Andreas Zertis, is that is how you say his name? Exodus, yeah. Exodus. And I liked I, I liked his uh, the documentary that he'd put together, but um, I was frustrated with it in the same way that I was in how conspiracy videos used to be that just kind of jump from thing to thing. Um, but I, I mean, I appreciate the, the information and the content and I wasn't able to like extract from it the questions that I had. Um, and Max Egan, whom I heard first on expanding reality, I tried going to his website and there's no good way to navigate his website. So again, I wasn't able to get the that questions answered that I wanted. And and Brandon Tom, Thomas ha- helped me out with a little bit of it. But if you've got the fucking cliff notes, can you give them to me? <laughs> well, ask away. If you got any questions, I might do my best because I myself, I've had Andreas on twice uh, and a couple other people. I think, you know, someone I'm hoping to talk to soon is Michelle Gibson because she's been making uh, some waves in this area of research, but I was initially suspicious of it. When I first heard about it from a friend who I was just teaching a bakery route back when I was the delivery driver, where, you know, four in the morning, I meet this guy and I'm like, Hey, you listen to podcasts? And he's like, uh, yeah, that sounds cool. And I'm like, well, how about tinfall hat? <laughs> and he's like, oh, really? And he starts looking through and he's like, oh, Max Egan, I know that guy. And I'm like, okay. So he starts telling me about Tartaria and I became a little less suspicious of it. And really, I think it came out of nowhere. I don't know if that's because it was primarily in Russia for so many years, but yeah, I, I think I know, uh, maybe the one oh one so far, if you have any, any questions, I mean, the basis of it is that there was some sort of catastrophe in North America that submerged existing structures under mud, which then hardened into earth, which was then dug up. And then these groups that are secret societies, take your pick, namely Freemasons. But I also think the Smithsonian Institute had a large degree of influence on this. I mean, with the mound building and all the evidence of how they would, you know, basically pick apart these mounds and, and destroy evidence and, and hide evidence and throw it away in the basements of museums. Um, but either way, the theory goes that these groups come in, find these buildings, repurpose them, and then rewrite the history of the buildings and say like, well, you know, we built it in classic Roman style, uh, with this guy, he came from Italy and, you know, nobody knows who this architect was, but trust us, he's great. And, uh, you know, he was able to move this kind of huge megalithic stone, just like Ed Lee Skillhand did for Coral Castle, you know, like they all know that secret magic art of moving huge stones without any sort of construction equipment. Um, and that's, that's the basis, you know, when you start looking in the Graham Hancock stuff, that opens you up to be like, wow, okay, these megalithic structures are crazy. And I think the side effect of that has been people taking another more discriminatory look at the buildings in their town halls and the buildings in their local areas. And, you know, just going through Connecticut, I'm sure you understand this being from Massachusetts. There's a lot of history just in people's backyards and even their town square, you know, uh, from stone monuments to different buildings that look, you know, out of 
What is but Shin there's the origin of these places in our own backyards. And I mean, the Amer American history is full of lies. I mean, you know, everything that's happened to the indigenous people is uh, very shameful and, and really terrible, uh, horrible. But I think part of that whole lie is convincing us as modern day people of this country that the indigenous people here were just noble savages who had nothing to show for themselves and had no structures of their own and were barely hanging on. And then smallpox wiped them out because they were just so weak. It's like, really? I don't know if I buy that. How hard is it to take clay and turn it into a brick and then take a bunch of bricks and stack them into a building? I mean, European people aren't the only ones who could have figured that out. So that that's where Tartaria becomes very interesting to me because I'm like, oh, I've always loved Native American culture. I've always felt uh, akin to their, you know, teaching that the whole, and I, I'm sure that makes me sound like some kind of cultural appropriator, but I'm not fucking, I'm not afraid of the social justice warriors come at me. You know, I think, I think if anything, um, our indigenous brothers and sisters want people to hear their stories and, and come to their aid and represent uh, what's been lost already and, and maybe recover from that, uh, the true value that they bring to our multicultural melting pot, as they call it. But really, I don't think it's ever been a melting pot. It's a, it's a pot full of uh, hot magma that burned and destroyed everything as it settled to the bottom, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I am, I lost you for like 30 seconds, but, uh, I think I got the, I, I think I got most of what you were saying. And so, all right. So I've, uh, I've read America before by Graham Hancock, his most recent book. So how does that tie in with the mud flood stuff? Because I didn't see it mentioned anywhere in there. You know, uh, most, most of his, and, and he did a lot of, a lot of stuff on South America. Um, and so, so the catastrophe was limited to just North America. Is that what you're saying? The exact specifics, I can't tell you. My thought on bringing Graham Hancock into it was like him as a prominent figure in this type of media has inspired people to then go and look at other things. As far as the dating and the timing of the mud flood, I don't particularly have that information off the top of my head, but I will say Graham. Uh, Randall Carlson is another person who's looking into the more specific nature of what cataclysm happened here in North America. I don't know. I think, you know, the best evidence I've heard on my show uh, for ancient civilizations was from Brad Olson, who discussed how, you know, the ocean is 400 feet further up the shore than it used to be. And considering how much of our civilizations are built along waterways and coastlines, it's like, yeah, no brainer. If there was a huge flood, I guarantee 40, 50, 60% of the structures at the very least, if not the people would have been wiped out from a, from a giant flood. And we have evidence of that. I think that's a part of Graham's research, but I haven't read his books. So I don't know it off the top of my head, but I think really the the larger interest is like 
life is a mystery. And we're, it's very obvious that there are certain groups that want us to not know that it's a mystery and just think that everything's solved and they've got all the answers figured out and no reason to question anything. Just become a dentist and clean teeth and you'll have a Corvette and you'll have a nice house and don't question anything, you know? And, and I think that's part of why Tartaria is so interesting because it's kind of like this punk rock look at architecture and history. Like, no, you're lying to us. So we're going to say that it's this. And maybe what people are theorizing right now is too fantastical. Like, you know, some Tartarian researchers who don't need to be named are saying that everything's a melted building, you know, like everything from mountains to trees, everything's like a melted building, you know, or whatever. And maybe I'm uh, hyperbolizing, but either way, like it does get out there. I think conspiracy theory does do that. I mean, I'm not going to co-sign every conspiracy theory. I certainly can't co-sign every Tartaria theory, but I think the, the bottom line is like North America and the history of this place is so much more advanced or detailed than we're told. And one example I can give what I've seen with my own eyes is in Pennsylvania. I took a trip down there. My friend, Michael Wan was like, Hey, there's a, a channel cut out of stone. He's like, I don't know what it is, but it looks weird. It looks man-made, you know? So I go there myself. He tells me where it is. I go there with my girlfriend and we look at it and we're like, wow, this is not natural. Like you don't see zigzags cut into a flat stone right where water's running through it. I mean, it's almost like made to be a little channel. And like, that's just one out of place example. But if you really consider that, like the Eastern coast of the United States is uh, really old land, you know, they say like this side of the Appalachian mountains is older than the Western side of it. It's like, maybe those Aztec cultures, we find their hieroglyphics as far as like Georgia and even Pennsylvania, you know, maybe all of these cultures that we once thought were like, you know, individual tribes were kind of like the United States is now, it's, you know, loosely associated states all following a kind of ethos, you know, that's well, allegedly where we get the idea for that was from indigenous people, the Federation, you know, so that's, that's kind of a long-winded answer, but that's why I'm interested in Tartaria. I cannot by any means claim to be like, yeah, it's true. And this is why, you know, but I'm like so fascinated to be able to look at history with a new lens because for so long it was written by one group, you know, the empirical, the empirical force that is parasitic, you know, and it's created the pharmaceutical industry. It's created the indoctrination school industry. It's, it's, I don't want to say created capitalism because I think capitalism is sort of a more of a physics of an economy. It's not like a created thing, but at the same time, there are winners and losers in the current paradigm and monopolies are allowed to exist in a way that's not organically capital. So although I don't dislike capitalism, I dislike the way capitalism is being used today. And I think that has a extrapolating effect on history. We need to examine history with that same amount of uh, discernment and, and criticism and suspicion. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, I think really like Graham Hancock's book, uh, America Before really elucidates your point 
that there was something else here and it's been here longer than that than they say the smithsonian's uh covering it up same way they're covering up giants you know and there's there's a ton of of evidence all up and down north and south america that humans were far more advanced than we give them credit for long before they were even supposed to be you know you can't build a fucking pyramid with stone tools and there's there was another point you had made in there i wanted to touch on and that that is that like so there's there's this elite the empirical empiricists that really try to try to keep that narrative intact although you've got you've got these uh, these geniuses these rogues these curious people that just keep poking holes in the narrative and it's so crazy that people have a hard time understanding this because even just look at the way that science works you know you figure out new shit all the time it blows up the previous paradigm you know they find a new link between apes and humans every other fucking year and they're like, oh, well, it, it's, it's homo losapius and homo, I don't know if I can know the scientific names for them, but, um, and, and it, it, to, to be able to see that play out and to, at the same time, disregard the fact that what we know about everything now is not the final word in every field, in every, every human endeavor of knowledge that you you can't see that it's it's crazy to me and people will defend that for all types of different psychological reasons denial and stockholm syndrome and you know there's there's plenty of other names for it but really it all boils down to laziness there's an intellectual laziness that is breeded by the school system that it it stamps out curiosity and it it promotes conformity um, which is really just piggybacking off of, off of that human instinct for conformity, because that's how you survived for such a long time, you know? So it's just in there, it's in the DNA, it's in the subconscious, it's there in the, you know, the, 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 the evolution of humans. And so these people, these empirical empiricists, they know psychology far better than they either let on or people give them credit for and they exploit that in every way possible to keep themselves on top to make sure that the hierarchy is kept intact which is also another natural thing hierarchies are a natural thing i think jordan peterson puts it the best it puts it the best way on this subject um, but you also find hierarchies within organisms there's there's a hierarchy of our organs there's a hierarchy of jellyfish you know, there's there's a hierarchy in nature in in the entire animal kingdom. So hierarchies are natural. So if you if you have simultaneously the knowledge of psychology uh, to the level that they do, and you also have been at it for a long time, and you understand that hier hierarchies are natural, you're able to exploit all those things for your benefit to keep yourself at the top of the hierarchy at at all costs. Now, here's my, my question, especially in light of the Sophia episode, which I know was a couple episodes back. So folks go back and listen to that episode that Jay did. Cause that was a great episode. Um, why, you know, they already have such control over us. Why do they need to also write our DNA and program us into these homunculus, you know, Android cyborg. Uh, beings. I mean, I see it happening with the different, uh, you know, medical industry malpractices that they've uh, made normal, uh, making us weaker and dumber and more dependent on them. But 
it's like, yeah, why go to that level if, if it's working? And I think my, if we were to ask, you turn in and ask me, I'll give you a chance to answer it. But my thought is kind of like what you said before about us being in an energy realm here, some sort of, you know, this is energy first, you know, those weren't your words exactly, but I felt like that's kind of what we were in concert thinking like the energy first, right? So why, you know, if we're these energy beings, you know, right, rewriting our DNA must be, must be something that's going to happen or that they're expecting or that they've researched that, you know, they know they can't use the old tactics anymore. They got to change the playbook. Yeah, I think it's spiritual. It's got to be something spiritual. It's got to be whatever entities they're connected to extra dimensional. It's all just, you know, it's just me spitballing. It's also a survival mechanism because if anybody figured out what the fuck they've been up to for all these centuries, they're, that they would, we would just wipe out all their families. You know what I mean? Like they would be extracted from the gene pool immediately. Um, unless they could get down to the underground bunkers, which they would do and just nuke the earth, you know, start over. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's really the only, the only reasoning I can come up with is that it's spiritual. It's something that extends past our understanding of time and space. Um, there's gotta be, or maybe they're blackmailed by other entities that they've been working with. Maybe they've been put in a situation where, I mean, this is getting crazy. But where, where they have no choice but to comply, right? Maybe, maybe like if there's a hell or, or the extra dimensional equivalent of hell, if they don't do what is asked of them, maybe they go there. Um, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe if like extraterrestrial aliens are a thing, maybe they've been in touch with the, the top of the hierarchy throughout human civilization. Yeah. And, and they, you know, they give them everything and they only ask one thing, blood. We want fucking blood and negative energy, you know, I, uh, you know, and there's, it would, it would go a long way as to answering the question that was like, well, why have governments been slaughtering civilians for thousands and thousands of years? Why is that a fucking thing? And how are you able to convince people that going and slaughtering the next tribe over is even a good idea? When if you were to just trade with them and allow them to live their life and, and live in harmony, you know, why do you need empires? You know, why do you fucking need it? I mean, do you need the resources that badly that it costs less to drop bombs on people than to trade with them for their fucking lithium? Like, what the fuck? You know, so what if what if it was that way and not to cut you off if you if you are wrapping up to a point, but. What if it was that we were in hell in a way, like what we've been taught to understand as hell is like a, a side effect of us kind of being trapped in this material realm longer than we should. Like we're just supposed to be here and it's becoming a hell because of the way it's being managed. Yeah, that's an Egyptian idea. Did you know that? I'm sure that's probably where I got it from. I don't pretend to be uh, some kind of, I, it flows through me. You know, that's a big reason why I keep my books right behind me. Cause I like, honestly, people might've heard me say this. I think the books kind of flow through you when you start to collect, I see them, you got some behind you, but you know, that's the, that's like the, the 
beauty of reading books too, is sometimes it's not like you're just regurgitating. It just like it imprints in you and comes through you, but that's a side point. Yeah, no, it definitely does. And it's, it's hard keeping track of what you've learned from what book. <laughs> like, and so, yeah, those are, those are the books that I want to display. I've got another bookshelf down there. I got books all over there and I've got, a, I've got the great books of the Western world, like 75% of that over there. My closet's nice. full of books. I got, I got another closet. My roommate's closet is filled with my books. And he's like, Hey man, when are you going to get this shit out of here? And I'm like, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. <laughs> I got a bunch in the basement. Like I, I got way too, I'm never going to read all this shit, but, um, it's, it, it is like, it's, it's, that's why it was illegal to be literate for that mm. great chunk of, of European history, right? It's because that, I mean, you couldn't read the Bible. They kept that shit in Latin so that it couldn't be, it couldn't be interpreted so that they could. So really like knowledge is, and that's why we're seeing such crazy censorship right now on, on knowledge. And I'm still surprised that Instagram is even, I mean, although Instagram is kind of like starting to go the way of Facebook, but they're still letting some shit slide. Uh, but it's, it's, that's, that's, that's the name of the game is like, if you want to control people, you have to, you have to be able to choke off the top of the funnel for knowledge. And you've got to be able to limit the access to information. We see the effects of that in the medical industrial complex right now, you know, and um, because it's knowledge that really, well, like when you said, when it flows through you, that's what opens everything up up here and allows you to see the big picture, um, as well as the little itty bitty details. That's, you know, when, when someone writes their perspective, you're getting like a, you're, you're getting a, a little window into their soul. Um, unless it's propaganda, then you're getting a window into their black, black heart. Uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really the way that like the written word is the most powerful thing on this entire earth. I mean, conversations are great. Podcasts are great, but, but the written word is really because it doesn't, it doesn't expire. I mean, the pages might, they might, uh, fade over time, but they can last a long time. And it's just, that's, that's the way that you're able to get enlightened. Some people are able to get enlightenment from conversation and meditation and things like that. But for me, me being like the, I'm, I'm intellectual first, spiritual second, emotional third, all that stuff. So like my intuition, I always, my brain always blocks out my intuition, but that's that like, to me, that's really how you're able to gain enlightenment is, is from absorbing as many different perspectives as you can all the way from the big picture stuff to the itty bitty details and everything in between. And it's, it's, it's magical. It's really like, that's magic, you know? And to, to be able to, to process things and to, and to really like filter out the, the bullshit and to, to highlight the, you know, you gotta, you gotta read it all. And that's why like the limitation to access to information that they're really hammering with now, that's why everything's, they're trying to make everything digital so that they do have that stranglehold on it because you can't right. burn books in the public square without looking like a Nazi. Oh, and they can just shadow burn it, so to speak. And like, oh, sorry, no, mysteriously, no copies are available or, oh, this file is missing, you know, and whatever the excuse is. And then you got to go through a FAQ list or some support button and call a hotline with no human on the other end. It's like, you ever try to get in touch with PayPal or, you know, like I've been dealing with that this week and it's like, yeah, this is what happens when they remove the human hand from the situation and replace us with 
AI. And, and that's exactly why I thought Sophia Smallstrom and the conversation you had with her would be a good jumping off point because it is such a, like a thing looming in the distance right now, this transhumanist technocratic push. And I feel like as a podcaster, you and I have this other angle where we're like, we're definitely using the matrix against the matrix, you know, in a way like people are becoming awakened through this process of, like you said, you know, meditating, listening, to this conversation, reading a book, all these different alternative ways. But when it's specifically podcasting, what are your thoughts on like the transcription of podcasts? Have you looked into that and all and how easy it's becoming for them to turn, you know, a conversation into text and like what the implications of that for AI is? I mean, that's kind of been like, I don't know, a little inside baseball, the podcasting, but it's been like a conspiracy theory I've been thinking about lately. Every time I publish an episode and I see that they want me to put the transcript with it, I'm like, no, we talked about the pandemic. Like, I don't want a transcript of that. That's just going to make it 10 times easier for them to know what we're talking about in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. And that is probably something that's been going on for a long time. I've heard James Corbett bring it up that uh that that youtube when they first started uh closed captioning but auto closed captioning you know separate from you importing your own closed caption which mm. so when he first started uh paying attention to it the the closed captioning was terrible and it almost never got the words right well now they have it pretty much 100 percent. so i think and and of course like when the, they roll these technologies out to the public they've had them for decades so right. who who knows how long they've been auto transcribing telephone conversations? I mean, email and, and text is easy. We all know that. And here's what's fucking crazy. How the fuck does does uh, fuck Edward Snowden come out, release all that shit, whether Schill or not? Who knows what the fuck is going on with him and Glenn Greenwald? Although what's gone on with Glenn Greenwald lately makes me believe that he's that that he's maybe the real deal. Um how the fuck does Edward Snowden release all this shit and the world just goes, yeah, you know, whatever. It's like, dude, the the enormity of it, every text, email, phone call, conversation right. transcribed, stored in it can be accessed in real time. The phones on your camera can be accessed in real fucking time and the world moves on. And the only thing anyone talks about is we need to get him back to America so he can face charges. Like, fuck off, dude. And Everybody's then his first thought is, well, I got nothing to hide. It's, I got nothing well, to hide. No. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You got plenty of private information that you don't want getting hacked. I mean, do you trust every person at the DMV? Do you trust every person, you know, at any of these government buildings that you deal with on a maybe monthly or yearly basis? It's like, those are just normal people like you and me, like. NSA guy, he could be, you know, looking in your cameras and uploading those on some Japanese website, you know, like who knows? <laughs> yeah. And no, and, and first of all, you should never trust any government period. That should be baseline. And everybody's got something to hide. I don't give a fuck who you are. Everybody's got something to hide. You know what I'm saying? On multiple different levels. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's got skeletons and to pretend like like the the apex of being a, a responsible human and someone that can lead people is that they're perfect, morally perfect. Nobody is. That's why I'm always astounded when 
when a politician goes down because of some sexual deviancy or, oh my God, he does drugs. You're just like, shut the fuck up. So do you. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you and your wife fucking bring a third person into, into the bed every couple of months. Like, fuck you. You know, who are you to judge this person? Although I think most politicians need to get their heads cut off right now anyway. <laughs> um, but, but that's, that's, that's besides the point. And that you could be so indignant about their sexual misconduct and then not indignant about them dropping bombs on civilians in Afghanistan. That's fine. But you cannot be sleeping with another woman. That's fucked up, guy. And it's like, it's America. This is the most sexually decadent civilization since the fucking Babylonians. And we're going to pretend like everybody's supposed to keep their dick in their pants. Like, fuck you. Not not you, Mark, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. And it's like, and, and, and it, it, the, the fact that, that someone says, I've got nothing to hide. Yes, you do, first of all. Second of all, why is that the baseline? Why is that like, why, it, how is your privacy not one of the most important things to you? Now, when we get off this call, I'm going to unplug the wire from my DSLR camera that, that goes into the USB port. I'm going to unplug my microphone. I'm going to shut off my computer. I'm going to shut the switch off and I'm going to unplug the computer as well. That is how seriously I take my privacy in my room. Although I'm a hypocrite because I don't do that with my phone, which is even more problematic, but that's, that's, the, I mean, what, what else can you do? I, I could probably get one of those Spiro bags, but, um, it, shout out to Matt Lynn. Shout out to Matt Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well I'm, I'm actually going to have on the podcast ASAP. Uh, but, you know, whenever I need to have a conversation, I, I don't think I want anyone listening to. I'll have the person I'm speaking with. We'll put our phones in the other room and converse uh, away from that. Um, although, you know, you ever see uh, you ever see Enemy of the State with Will Smith and Gene Hackman? No, not no. Ultra movie watcher. Oh, OK. All right. All right. Well, that, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. So, uh, the, the whole point is that is, is that, uh, the, it's, it's a movie about the NSA that funnily enough was funded. There, there has been, uh, intimations that it was funded by the CIA to bash the NSA, mm. but it's basically Will Smith gets caught up in this whole thing because someone films, uh, a video of a Senator having another, uh, having someone assassinated. And Will Smith gets the tape inadvertently and then him and Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman is like an old NSA guy that has like a, a bunker and all this stuff. But um, the, the, the whole point that I brought this up was that so the NSA, when they're trying to spy on Will Smith and Gene Hackman in real time, they actually use like um, the they, they use something that can detect sound waves by the vibrations in a cup of water when they're when they're. Uh, in a room where they can't be be listened to they're in like a soundproof room or you know what maybe i'm thinking of eagle eye whatever but that can also be a possible yeah you know what i'm oh, saying yeah like, i don't like a then. million oh. a million different ways of listening to people that don't yeah, they have like a laser they point at a window and they can hear whatever's going on uh in that room right but you know, with just the laser pointed uh, you know at a window how that works you know, i'm not the guy to ask but dude i'm almost at the point where it's like yeah maybe you know it's better to create noise than to hide you know what i mean like you almost create so much that it's hard to see what's real and what's fake like there's a program that i have on my computer that 
basically, if you were to like, look at what my computer's doing, it looks like I'm Google searching puppies, cake, like all these random things at every second of the day. So you don't know if you're trying to see what I'm searching on my computer because it's just existing in a sea of just random searches. So, and I don't know the, yeah, I could probably pull up and find out what the program is for people so they can have it too. Uh, here it is. Uh, it's called, hold on. It's called TMN shit. Oh, track me not. Yeah. Track me not. Go to track me not.com. Well, trackmenot.com is cool because that's like one way, you know, instead of like completely hiding my IP address, it just looks like there's a malfunction and then you don't even look here, you know? That's awesome. And then you throw a VPN on that and we're, we're baby, you got a stew. <laughs> exactly. And that's like, you know, I know you got to go in a moment, but, um, you know, that's like what Hotep Jesus was talking about when he was on Tim Fall Hat. He's like, hey man, you know, the matrix is it's going to be, you know, getting harder and harder and harder to resist, but we're going to resist it by beating them at their own game, creating technology, creating anti-drone software, creating, you know, anti-tracking software. So there's all sorts of ways to get around it. And dude, this has been a great conversation. I mean, I know we want to do this as a swap cast to so tell the listeners where they can find you and your show. If they're listening from the, my family thinks I'm crazy podcast feed. Yeah, so you can find me at uh, www.howtokillasacredcow.com. That'll take you to all the places I have it up. It's not all the places, but you can find it there. Of course, I'm on YouTube, Spotify, Apple. And um, if anybody, the best way to get in touch with me on social media is at Jay Hennahan on Instagram. I'm working on getting the How to Kill a Sacred Cow Instagram up as well. Um, but yeah, and same to you, Mark. Can you tell my listeners where they can find all of your stuff? Right on, Jay Hennahan, dude. It's been a pleasure. You can find me at My Family Thinks I'm Crazy. Search that in any podcast app and uh, at My Family Thinks I'm Crazy on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. But we got a website, MyFamilyThinksI'mCrazy.com. You can find everything through there. But yeah, dude, we got to put a part two on this and come back and talk again soon. And uh, you mentioned that you did, uh, you're doing a podcast with Andy from the Deep Share podcast i just did one with him this week so there's a coincidence right there a little synchronicity so we'll see if these this comes out right after that on the feed but either way dude yeah it's been perfect. a pleasure and i just saw you had david warner matheson on your show i haven't listened to that yet i love that guy I had him on my show last month he's incredible david matheson yeah man i i, I should i should I should probably use this middle name when I put it in the, the, I just put W, but Warner, David Warner Matheson. That sounds so cool. But anyways, yes. Yeah, dude. Great talking to him. Great talking to you. And I'll let you go, man. We'll do this again soon. A lot of fun, Mark. Great, man. Uh, I'd love to do it again. Right on. All right, brother. Peace out. All right. Oh, one question before you go. Yeah. Um, can I get your audio? Um, because, uh, you dropped out for like 45 seconds. Yeah. Okay, cool. You could just email that me late, uh, later. I'm not even going to be able to edit this till like Monday. Or oh, you know what? I don't think, you know what happened? I hit record and then it said, please ask the host to give you permission, but we were already talking. So I just kind of uh, kept it rolling without recording over here. So it looks like you're going to have to send it to me and then maybe I can listen to it. And uh, audio. I have a really, I, I have Descript, so I can dub what I 
said, I'll try to remember and just send you the file. Okay. All right. I could do that. Is just share it with me uh, over Google Drive to the same email. All right, man. Sounds good. Cool. I'll send it back to you as soon as I can. All right. Sounds great. Awesome, Mark. Dude, thanks a lot. This was fucking awesome. We definitely got to do it again. Let's do it. All right, bro. Peace. Oh. What? I'm back twice in one episode? That's right, because this is a two-for-one special. I decided to take the swap cast that I did with my man Alex Stein and put it on the back end of this great conversation with Jay Hanahan, which I hope you enjoyed. So we're just chilling over here, Big Dipper style. Thank you. Shout out to Sam Barsh for this awesome awesome music and uh yeah alex stein it's a little segue speaking of segues alex stein was once on the show barter kings selling a segue believe it or not go look him up he was also on a show called the glass house but you know him and you love him from the conspiracy castle the conspiracy asshole Alex Stein was so kind to join me for this swap cast and we didn't really take things too seriously because he's so worried about YouTube censorship so you know and I respect it I respect Alex so we didn't get too far into the vaccine stuff but we joked around a little bit so hopefully you got a full dose from the conversation with Jay and uh yeah with that on to the conversation with alex enjoy and have a wonderful weekend in september 2021 manifest your best baby peace Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I'm your conspiracy asshole, Primetime 99, Alex Stein, and we're in a cryptic, morbid mood tonight. Because life is fragile, you never know, and it'll be taken away from you. That's right, even me, even Primetime 99, Alex Stein is a mortal man. I might not seem it, I might not look it, I might not act like a mortal man. But I promise you, these bones will break just like yours. This skin will crack like old man in the sea. I will have no choice. My hair will gray. My back will curl. But nothing, nothing will stop my grind. And nothing 
will ever stop my shine. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle and our lovely guest, Mark Steves from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy Podcast. Ah, Mark, how are you doing, my friend? Dude, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm having an emotional breakdown live on the air. Yeah, I know. You're really pent up more than pent up dude they got me freaking in a freaking the thunderdome or what's that movie with uh with uh arnold schwarzenegger where they have to kill each other in that thing where they're all like modern day gladiators hmm what's thunderdome? it called? oh let's... you mean mad max no let's see arnold uh movie thunderdome i think is what it was Alex no. has already taken me into territory. He knows that I'm not. You know I don't watch any movies anymore, Alex. Come on, man. I'm trying to get off of that programming, dude. Uh, let me. I know. Let me try to think. Uh, Arnold movie where they uh, killed people in a killed people live on TV. People in the chat are like, "Oh, they know what, what movie is it?" Let me see in the chat. They have to know what movie I'm talking about. The Arnold Schwarzenegger Running Man. Thank you. Gosh, dang it. Running Man. Now I even forget the point. Really? Well, yes, I feel like I'm in that Running Man. You know, they're like in a fake world or whatever. Dude, all right. So this is crazy because Running Man, right? Running Man. Hunted Man. That's what that comes to mind. Because I never knew what that movie was about. I just thought it was like something to do with the song or like a special a mentally handicapped person. Rain Man. That's I probably got it confused with that movie. But Running Man, now that you say it in this context, it's reminding me of what I just heard a buddy of mine, a friend Michael Wan, uh, talk about on the Higher Side Chats and how they have all this human hunting symbolism in this movie. I'm sure you've talked about this before, but it's in the movie uh, Higher... Uh, what's it called? The one just Hunger came Games. out. Oh, Hunger well, Games. Okay. Yeah, I'm very right. familiar with Hunger Games. Yeah, right, but know. all of these synchronicities that connect to the hunger games and connect to what's going on with mr uh creepy sniffy joe biden and his whole don't say that about joe biden's not creepy at all he's one of the nicest guys that's a fake news he's never sniffed anybody go ahead hey i'm just mark this is a pro joe room this is pro joe Vote blue no matter who, Mark. Don't come here if you're not pro Joe, man. You got to go if you're not pro Joe. Me and Corn Pop rock together, dog. And me and Joe is my bro. Deal with that. Now go ahead. That's your one mistake you're allowed to make. That's your one foul ball, foul tip. Do not talk negatively about my Joe, bro. Okay. I love you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. You can shake stuff, but you just can't. Just don't talk bad about Joe. You can talk bad about Kamala. You can say her blouses aren't pretty. Don't say anything about Joe, man. He didn't deserve it. He doesn't even know where he's at well, at the time. The Honorable Emperor of the United States, Captain uh, Underpants, I mean, Captain Joe Biden, uh, President Please, Honorable, dude. <laughs> president Honorable Underpants Biden. I'm asking uh, you politely to show him respect. He's a president. Uh, Come on, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, really? He's the president, Alex? Yes, he is, and he's my president. I voted for him six different times, dude. He ought to be. Well, that explains a lot. Anyways, what all I was my housekeepers saying... <laughs> have passed away. We still went and voted, and they're mail-in ballots. So what? Who cares? Well, they would have voted yeah. that way. 
here here in New England, okay, where we're real, okay, oh, President Biden has nothing to do with that. He's from Arden, Delaware. Have you ever heard of Arden, Delaware? No, I don't know. I know that people in Delaware talk funny, though. They're like, uh, I, I was I locked. They were locked. I can't. I don't know. It's hard to do it through. Well, I'm definitely not the expert to talk to. I know Jay Parker is, but there's a lot of SRA going on in Satanic Arden, ritualistic Delaware. abuse. Wait, what? Yes, yes. And the church that Joe Biden goes to is a very strange church, and I encourage everybody to check out the Higher Side Chats with Michael Wan for the whole scoop because I'm just paraphrasing. I'm just a parrot. He's a buddy of mine, but I did want to talk about on this show some more relevant stuff. Uh, well, Joe, because- real quick, I want to say, you know, Joe is pro-abortion, which is awesome because I've had like 20 abortions, you know, so I'm real pro-abortion right. myself. Well, you, uh, no, you but- had that whole kerfuffle at the... Planned Parenthood. I have here. a lot of kerfuffles in Planned Parenthood. So let's not even let's not even narrow it down to that one. Honestly, I don't even wanna, I don't even want to pinpoint the other ones. I don't want to I don't want to start rating kerfuffles if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, there's but, a lot of funny funny duddy going on there. Don't make fun of my va- uh, vocabulary as well because that it can be a form of abuse. That can be friend abuse. Okay. Uh, I talk funny. I talk from Texas. I have a little bit of a Texas twang. I say fuddy duddy. That's fine. I, I have say a little bit of a New England. Day. I say zap too. I don't know what I say. I say, I, I'm, you know, I don't know what the hell. I I don't even know what I'm saying half the time I'm saying it. Dude, okay? Hey, Alex, you don't have to say anything. I'm from New England. We got a little like double middle finger uh, kind of attitude about a lot of the things. That's how we come off. Uh, shout out to King. He probably bore the brunt of some of that on previous Conspiracy Castle episodes. But yeah, I, I get it. You know, people see and hear my attitude and my accent and they're like, whoa, this guy's angry. This guy's aggressive. I was trying to get an application for an apartment the other day and they were giving us a hard time about a mask. And I'm like, there's no law in the state of the Connecticut that says I need to wear a mask in this business. And they're like, well, it's our business's rule that you have to wear a mask. And I'm like, well, you're discriminating against me based on my protected rights and my body you know so we can get into that and somebody bit. and people don't realize watching the show mark is six foot eight he was a captain of his wrestling team so he's tall he's kind of intimidating he looks kind of you know just like a thin normal sized guy but he's actually much larger than a normal man he's like a man and a half uh, so I can see where that might be intimidating if you don't have the mask as well, though, because, you know, you just tower. Well, you know, in this modern age, I think one tool that everybody has, despite, you know, my martial arts training, which I would never use in a situation like that unless somebody touched me first. Uh, but, you know, having your phone on you, which has a camera and putting the camera in between you and somebody, I mean, it might be a little like, I don't know, weird at first. But I do it all the time. Yeah. How, what the effect it has on certain people. And, you know, that's a powerful thing because I notice with the way people from New England are, they're very private. They don't like being put on blast like that. And if people are going to assert themselves on you, I'm starting to see like, oh, shit, maybe if I put the camera in front of them and show them like, oh, hey, you want to do something? Well, guess what? I'm not the only person who's going to see it potentially, you know? Yeah, and you know, and hey, I- you know, the flip side to that, though, I just watched a video of this girl. She's like they're trying to like arrest her because she got called for not having a mask and she was pretending to cough on people. 
And and she started to do it as soon as they whipped out the phone. So there's that other reaction too, where people start acting mm. right when they see the camera, and the other people that they see the camera and they get pissed off and they like try to hit it or it like it triggers them. So it's weird how that camera. It's actually it can be a it can be a double edged sword. It can calm them down. Yeah, you definitely don't want to cut yourself. Yeah, I wouldn't advocate for it if you don't feel confident in you know the volatility of the situation but i would say in some situations like the one i was in where you're feeling like you're being discriminated against and you're in a place of business i think recording it is part of your best weapon against these businesses that are going to start to discriminate i mean my I girlfriend and I got thrown out of a we get thrown out of a, a grocery store and again not mandated in the state of connecticut listen to this they don't let me use the female restroom. I go to Trader Joe's. I try to use the female restroom. They don't let me do that. Starbucks. They don't let me do that. McDonald's. They said that I'm not uh, transitioned enough. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding? Quit trying to tell me like what level of transitioning. If I want to poop in the women's restroom, it's nicer. It smells better. It's just ridiculous. Like, Mark, just think about that, dude. I can't even poop in a woman's McDonald's restroom. It's disgusting the world we live in today. And I'm, I'm transitioning. I'm in the transitional stage. Like, can how much more transitional can I be? If you, you know what I mean. All right. Well, you know, not that I don't trust you, but I definitely think most people would agree that you, as a six foot something Three. nephilim, should not be, should not be going in a women's restroom. Have you ever pooped in a women's restroom? Have you ever uh, defecated in a woman's uh, utility uh, bathroom, whatever you want to call it, whatever the nice room? Room. You know, I think because of certain maintenance issues going on in whatever facility I happen to be in, I might have once or twice, but you don't remember, you, know, you don't remember how much better it was. You know, I think the seats was... are different. The graffiti is less graphic. There's less uh, anti-Semitism in it. Uh, there's kind of the, graffiti the, is in a girl's bathroom. I'm nice sure. stuff, pretty stuff, butterflies, <laughs> uh, <laughs> girls' phone numbers, just not a lot of uh, just different stuff. <laughs> hey, guys, rushing the glory holes, and if, next thing you know, I'm pooping. A guy uh, staring at me with his cell phone camera through the hole, you know, asking me to poke it through. And I'm saying, I don't like that. I'd rather just go in the women's restroom and just relax man let my hair down as they say you so you've been doing this a lot you've always been kind of an investigative guy then i've always used the women's restroom <laughs> since my transition but i've been transit i was born a female so i'm just stuck <laughs> okay. in a man's body it's just it's not I respect easy it. yeah alex i respect it i respect it. it's a confusing <laughs> deal i'll tell you that much <laughs> Well, what, what, you know, am I interviewing you now on the experience of being a Nephilim, uh, admitted Nephilim, uh, you like your ass getting eaten, a uh, whole crowd of people in Dallas heard that. Yeah, that what the heck, why are you bringing that up? Then <laughs> we can't talk about stuff like that. Is that, is that part of your transition as well? This kind of, uh, you know, free sexuality? No, it's not. That's not part of it. I'm just, I'm just an attention. I need an attention-seeking issues, and I'm, I'm using sexual things because it's edgy. I'm doing too edgy. You know that, Mark. I'm primetime ninety-nine. I'm an edge lord. I gotta rein it in a little bit. But apparently, Ed I think I've lost. I think I've lost control. I think I am now full edge lord level. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I believe it. You and you got a cake. That cake in that picture you sent me. <laughs> 
COVID don't say that. Old. Don't say that. COVID is real. You can't say that. You can't say that on YouTube. COVID is real. Where'd you get that cake from? I made man? that. I wrote that myself on that with icing. With icing. No, you didn't. Yes, I that. did. Just wait. Don't talk about that picture. We'll talk about that later. Good. And the COVID is real. Uh, it's the most real thing ever. Well, you know, all right. So I'll talk about something if we want to go into a different tangent. But I'm happy to just keep messing no, with you. No, <laughs> no. What do you want to talk about? What is six foot eight? You're a Nephilim. What the hell do you want to talk about? No, no. What are you jealous? Because I'm no, I am a little jealous. <laughs> if I was six foot eight, I'd be probably in the NFL as an offensive tackle. Oh, Philip, LaMonica, prime time. Head to San Antonio sometime. Keep up the good work. Mark, I'm following you on Rockfin. Awesome. Thank you so much. My man, Philip LaMonica. I like that name. LaMonica. What's up, dog? Philly LaMonica. Shout out. Okay. No. Uh, We're just talking about how I transition, so that's why I can poop at the female uh, restroom at McDonald's. Now, what did that have to do with uh, people restricting you? Because I feel restricted, so you feel restricted. That's what we were talking about. Well, yeah, I've been restricted as fuck. And I think it's because of, uh, you know, school getting back in session. I mean, there's no coincidence there. I just, you know, I'm not in school. I don't have kids, so I'm not in that cycle. But I think because it's September and because school's getting back in session and, you know, normal people are getting back to their normal lives, you know, no offense to most people, but I've made the decision to not go that route uh and it's for better i feel but either way my point being i've noticed 99 people watching go ahead as free as it was for the past few months it felt like oh cool nobody's telling me to wear a mask anymore this is great now it's starting to get rain everybody's got the mask dude i it's funny you say that i was talking about that i was at the grocery store and I, I was looking around. I was like, man, everybody has a mask on. Every, right. I mean, there was like, I think I saw one other woman. And usually the, uh, the one other person that doesn't have a mask is like, because they're like 300 pounds or something. You know, like they really like can't wear a mask. Like they really have issues with the mask. I noticed that. I swear. If you look at the grocery That's not the case. That's not the case where I live. Well, see, hey. where I live, I go to the Walmart. I'm terrible. I buy the cat food. I go to the Walmart. I go to the Tom Thumb. But like the Walmart, especially, you can go to any Walmart. But I go to one that's a pretty busy one on Lemon Avenue. And I'm telling you, all you got to do is walk through the frozen food section. All you got to do is walk through the freaking uh, uh, candy aisle, chip aisle. You're going to see fat people. You're going to see people in the automated and uh, the you know electric carts. You're going to see that, dude. And those people, a lot of the times when you're in the electric cart, I want people to start noticing. If you're at the grocery store, mark my words and notice people that are in the cart. Sometimes it'll be like an elderly person. They'll have a mask on for sure. But if it's a person and they're over 300 pounds, they won't have a mask on. They won't have one on because they're just so gross. They don't want to. The mask get nasty. These people got food in their mouth. You know what I mean? They're always eating food. I swear. They're always eating food. So they have food in their teeth. So the mask, they have to be able to eject that food because the, the, they, the, their butthole is like violently shitting food and their mouth is Dude, the reverse. I swear. You know what? You know what I thought of today? Wow. It, or not today, but in the past few days. Like how sick it's gonna get. Like they're gonna invent some kind of gross like food that you eat through your mask. You know what I mean? Like new movie theater, like a popcorn bag that like fits onto your mask. It's like you know, and we're just gonna be sitting there with like big bags of food 
attached to our face, man. I think it's going to get to that point in certain places, but I don't want to get into, you know, big hyperbole about what could or couldn't be. The masks are here to stay, though. People are just going to have personal freedom. They're just going to decide not to wear it, but people are going to always... This is it. It's now... It's like uh, I deal with all... I don't know why I've dated multiple girls like this, but they always have like a blankie or something, and they're they're like 26, and they sell some blanket from when they are a kid. Basically, the mask is now their blankie. And I'm not talking about Ooh. girls. I'm talking about everybody in general. It's their, like safety net. They don't have to put on their makeup or they don't have to, you know, brush their teeth. They don't have to uh, be themselves. They can hide. They can be the man in the iron mask like Leonardo DiCaprio. Like myself, I'm the man in the iron mask, the metaphorical iron mask, because I'm always here. I'm the sad, tragic clown trying to entertain people. And I put my life on the line every day. So I want you guys to know if you hear anything in the news, you know, just I put my life on the line every day for you. So go ahead, Mark. No, I, you know, I do my best to stay sane because it is frustrating. And sometimes I'm just like ready to be like, all right, I'm fighting somebody over this mask thing because I'm done. I'm done fighting people. I'm done fighting people. I notice, I notice like people will like look at me without the mask from their little mask, like, with like mean eyes, like to intimidate me because I'm not wearing a mask. And I'm always just like, give them a look like, fuck you. I don't care. You know, like, and, uh, and I think that's the attitude that most people need to have and, and peaceful resistance is what I would recommend. But I did have, uh, I did have some really awesome experiences over this past pandemic uh, that, you know, despite, Everything that's been said, I haven't been sick once, you know. Would you have not I'm had not these experiences, wood. I guess? Would, would we not have these experiences if, if the world is still going and people had to work and stuff? Like, I, I honestly do believe that there is some there's a lot of good things that came out of the pandemic or whatever. Like, you know, people got to be with their families this and that. But there's more fucked up shit that came out of it. I personally believe there's more like the world is not a better place for it. The world is. I, yeah, no, I mean, yet it's probably like selfish of me to say that because it is well, a lot of like, people, but a lot of people are doing well. But but that's not necessarily I just feel like I guess there is a way because I think to myself, that's when I started my show. I'm actually in a way sadistically grateful for what's going on in the world because it's given me the time and energy that I can focus on doing a show and creating content. And the audience is more. Uh, the, the people are done with the mainstream media. I mean, some people watch it, but people like watching YouTube. Like as a content creator, there's not a better time that, than now to create content because the, the legacy media is crumbling in front of our eyes. I mean, slowly but surely in the next 10 years, I have no idea what CNN is going to look like in 10 years. I mean, I have no idea what the world's going to look like in 10 years, but I just have no, I, I just can't imagine CNN, even the modern day one in 10 years being anything recognizable to itself. Well, let me say this, Alex, because I think, yes, absolutely. I think there's so many opportunities. Every moment in life is many different things. You know, we can't ever look at something from one dimension. There's so many different ways to interpret a tragedy or a great celebration. You know, there's all sorts of shades of events. And I think what's happened to me from my perspective, I said, yeah, maybe it's a little selfish for me to color it that way because it's just... What's happened to me, I mean, it's not been easy, but I've had a fantastic opportunity that came to me because of a lot of different factors that I've culminated over my life. But it was this event that opened up that doorway 
for something to happen where Sam, you know, got put in the position to need a guy like me. And then I was in the position already to know Sam for that opportunity to come. And then, you know, Sam goes, hey, you need to make your own podcast. Like, what's going on with your show? And I'm like, you know what? Fuck, you're right. And because of the whole COVID thing, I was like, fuck this job I have now. Sam Tripoli wants to hire me. I'm quitting Amazon, you know, and I fucking quit Amazon and I started My Family Thinks I'm Crazy and I started working for Sam and whatever other opportunity came for me, like working with you, you know, and I love working with you. You're one of my friends. I consider you a good friend, you know, just from, you you know, the podcasting thing, you know, and, and like a lot of the friends that I had before the pandemic. They are not the same people that they that I maybe I that I thought they were or maybe that they were beforehand. So it's a blessing in disguise, you know, although I've I've, you know, lost some friends. I've made a lot of really great new friends who see uh, things the same way I do and differently in a lot of ways, too, which I'm grateful for because I don't ever want to be in an echo chamber. I don't think like minded is necessarily a good thing. But either way, you know, one experience if you were closer, I would probably do the same for you. But I drove out to see my buddy Michael Wan because I was, I happened to be going through his state and I had him on my show and he was, you know, like, Hey, yeah, come by, you know, if you're ever in the area, stop by. So I was like, of course I'll take you up on that. And I did. And dude, I'll tell you what, man, like there's something magical about the Susquehanna river because, you know, this is the guy, Michael Wan, Susquehanna alchemy people can go look up his youtube channel look up his what does this guy do i don't know what this guy michael yawn he sounds like a freak (laughs) yawn what is i don't even know what he means he's yawn it makes you is he slow is he tired it makes you want to yawn i want i want i want uh michael freak out this is this is no this is you you heard yawn i didn't say that slow down you're I'm young. tired. I'm tired. I got a lot on my plate, man. No, I'm trying to yo, do a no, lot, Mark. No, I'll slow down. I'll slow down. This is relevant because I do want to have him on this show. I think you'd love to talk to him because he is, even though it sounds like rivers, like what do rivers have to do with conspiracy theories? Well, dude, a lot. And you'll see. But either way, his name is Michael Wan, like the word wand, like a magic wand, oh, but like a wand. two N's instead of a D. Or right, a female so vibrator is called a wand as well. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, exactly. So Michael Wan, and uh, and he is just like a really cool guy. You know, that's all I, he's, you know, I don't want to talk him up like he's some mystical figure. It sounds like he is. Average... It sounds like you are talking him up. What's his deal? I don't like this guy already, though. I don't, I already wow. kind of don't like this guy. <laughs> all right. Well, maybe then, maybe. All right. I'm gonna is he put a cage my... fighter? Does he know martial arts? People are talking about Eddie Bravo <laughs> in the chat. Somebody said Eddie Bravo is a shape shifting lizard. And I met Eddie Bravo, and I have to agree, he's a 100% shape-shifting lizard. He's Illuminati blood, for sure. No, if you guys want to hear or talk about martial arts, I can talk about martial arts. But I was thinking we could talk about conspiracy theories and how some people use the mystical sort of knowledge to connect the dots in ways that maybe the traditional conspiracy theorist might not. And he's one of these guys. I don't like I said, he's an average dude. I don't want to talk him up like, oh, he's some kind of hermit in the woods. But... He's very uh, interesting and generous and kind with his uh, friendship with me and sharing the knowledge that he has and and also introducing me to another guy who wrote this book, uh, The Great Mystery Philadelphia and Ross Ben. And the reason why I want to bring all this up 
is because I think it's so interesting to understand. Shay Shay TK with the $10 donation. I love you, Shay Shay TK. Okay, wait, what is this book? I've only read books, like, I only read, uh, I don't read, no, I don't read, you know, I, I don't I only read like sixth grade level. Well, What's this book all about? You'll like Michael Wan's book. It's probably 30 pages. Okay. And it's there's nudity book. in it. There's a lot of nudity in it. So much, dude. Okay. Every page. So you'll love it. And uh, it's called The Rights of the 40th Parallel. People can go to SusquehannaAlchemy.com and check that out. But either way, this other book, Mike's friend, Ross Ben, uh, another super interesting guy researching these conspiracy theories with a mystical angle. And, you know, I'm somebody who's always had that kind of mystical angle, you know, thanks to cannabis, thanks to martial arts. And, you know, I've always been very interested in conspiracy theories, but I think what's really interested and fascinated me is the relationship between the indigenous people of America, the native Americans and the founding of this United States government. And everything that went into that and what I'm learning about William Penn and the mystery that is Philadelphia and how they started this America experiment here. I mean, dude, have you ever heard of the Rosicrucians? No, tell me all about the Rosicrucians. You were telling me about this the other day. What is this shit? So the Brothers of the Rosy Cross, right? And some people like recluse a.k.a. Steven Snyder, will tell you that all the Rosicrucians didn't exist. They were just a LARP. You know, I heard him saying that. And that got me interested because I have books about the Rosicrucians. And I've always been really fascinated with the Rosicrucians. And I know smart guys like Michael Watt and Ross Ben who study these things and talk about the Rosicrucians. So I'm like, hold up. Now there's this guy named Steven Snyder who used to go by the name Recluse, okay, uh, which is odd. And now he's saying that the Rosicrucians were a LARP. So that got me like super fascinated into looking into all this stuff. That's a side note, a tangent, and I'd love to get in touch with him. Maybe we can all have a conversation on this show uh, once you know a little bit more about it. But the Rosicrucians are a group that go all the way back to Europe, they're potentially tied to the royal bloodlines, the royal families, and they're definitely tied in to the founding of the United States. And I think that they are like the secret group behind the Freemasons. Okay, here, I, I, I want to watch this. I want to share this with everything. This is a Freemason video that was just recently on InfoWars. Hold on, let me do this screen share so you can see it. Um. Here, this is it. Let me see. Can you see me? Where's the? There I am. Okay, watch this video. Ready? Watch this. Let me turn this up. What? Ah, oh, come on, audio. Why is it not? What we face comes out of the French Revolution, and Adam Weishaupt and a group of professors from universities across Europe and England, Scotland, and Ireland. They wanted to overthrow the church and they wanted to overthrow the nobility and in its place replace themselves in those positions. And their writings are public. George Washington actually confronted them and blocked them. We launched our own revolution. There's more than 16 letters, 16 or 17 letters from the president on that. This is all real history. The public thinks it's something in movies or you know something in just fiction books. 
And so out of the Jacobins and the French Revolution, that was just a mass psychosis, kind of like the uh, witch hunts that happened in Switzerland and Salem, Massachusetts here in the United States that killed tens of thousands of innocent women. They sought to bring in their own hysteria and they wanted a nine day work week. They wanted to get rid of Christianity. It was a satanic religion. Look at this nine day work week. I haven't heard that one yet. All Freemasonry should be disbanded in America because our organization has been infiltrated by the Illuminati and they have bad intention for America and the world. Okay, let's keep reading this. And this is supposed to be a real quote. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it kind of says a lot. Uh, Roosevelt said, you know, George Washington was supposedly a 33rd degree Mason. So I don't know what's real and, and what's not. But let's watch the whole quote. Work week. They wanted to get rid of Christianity. It was a satanic religion. Yeah, there's George Washington. All Freemasonry should be disbanded in America because our organization has been infiltrated by the Illuminati and they have bad intention for America and the world. That's in his letters to the National Archive. That's not fake. So you debate whether Masons are good or not. Or, oh, Jones is secretly a Mason. Uh, he said he had a family that were Masons. What does that even mean? You judge a tree by its fruits. I'm a Christian that loves God. I, and I have a relationship with God and I, and I believe in life. But you've always got the Pharisees that are always claiming this person is not pure, that person is not pure. Well, I just asked those Pharisees, what are you doing to fight evil? But, but moving on. Oh, George Washington wasn't good. He was a Mason. Yeah, well, so was King Solomon. <laughs> what do you mean? Masons were the secret colleges. You didn't just let anybody go to college back then. So it was the mystery schools of mathematics and science and astronomy. And yes, it had lots of different ancient secrets of occult groups in it as well. And the secrets of Greece and Egypt and Babylon, all of that. But yeah, by the time of George Washington's time, the Satanists had taken over most of the Masonic lodges around the world, according to George Washington. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it kind of sounds like, uh, what do you think? It sounds like he likes Freemasonry. It might be, might be a Freemason, if you're asking me. Well, and here's the, here's, I mean, he almost kind of said a similar thing to what I'm going to say, but I honestly don't know how much i trust aj i mean shout out to the dude in on apple who commented on my podcast and was like oh how come you haven't called out alex jones yet on your podcast i'm like dude because my show is about the guests i have on i'm like if somebody if a guest wants to talk about that then they're going to talk about that it's not up to me but either way you know i generally i i'm glad i have the opportunity now to maybe clear that up if that person is listening uh, but I generally think, you know, for the most part, even though he seems to be a really nice guy uh, in any experience that people I know have had with him, I, I just don't, you know, trust anybody who's that big. And, and you know, I don't know yeah. anything about him to make a decision. But here's the thing. I don't also find much interest in like people like him anyways. You know, a lot of my research comes from reading these books and people who share that fascination uh, with history and some of these subjects. Alex shows he's just a little too like hyperbolic, fast and loud for me and my taste. So, you know, that being said, I would say, you know, my point is kind of in concert with his point. There's a group within a group, right? Because everybody points their finger at the Freemasons, but I think that's to this secret group's 
advantage because they have this kind of buffer where people are like, well, that can't be true because my friend John's a Freemason and he's a nice guy. And it's like, well, yeah, no shit, because John's not involved in the SRA bullshit because John's just an idiot who's in the Freemasons, you know, and maybe he's a nice guy and he's a good part of his community. And that's why they set it up that way so they can have that shield. Right? Yeah, like so that all they the can... lodge members aren't bad. It's all you know, they're all you well, know, and but it's a recruiting process, it's a refinement process. They're able to get a group of people who are influential and find the bad eggs amongst them and bring them into that secret group of bad eggs who are all gonna commit conspiracies together. I mean, that's the what the term conspiracy means. And here we are in the conspiracy castle talking about this stuff, my man. And I'm going to point it out right now to everybody listening and say, like, I'm not going to go and say, oh, it's the Rosicrucians. They're the only ones. It's just them. They're the Illuminati. But, you know, we need to understand uh, these things from a vocabulary of like all of the different players and who they are and what they've done to see the full picture and not be so single-minded to like find one group and be like, well, that's them, you know, because like as much as I've learned about the Rosicrucians, I'm like, still, I don't know what they've done. I think that's to their advantage that the whole nature of their secrecy, but if enough of us work on this together to investigate it, we can pull up all of the pieces of the puzzle and get that whole picture that one person might have taken a whole lifetime to do and actually maybe risk their lives because a lot of this stuff before the internet went that way. It would be one person whose immediate, you know, friends and family, you know, hence the name of my podcast, my family thinks I'm crazy. You know, when you get into this stuff with some kind of passion, the generally the people around you think you're crazy. So that provides for more introversion, more inwardness. And and then you have this magnum opus, this final completed work, and you present it to the world and it's so dangerous to the world that they, you know, kill you right away. But now in an internet, we have this ability to crowdsource this information and do research among like minds, you know, and different minds too, like you and I. We don't always see eye to eye on all the ways to look at the world and conspiracies, but we're still able to have many great conversations. And I think that's what's so cool about this new movement and why people aren't listening to the average media anymore and they're coming to the alternative space here to listen to the conspiracy castle each week and other great shows. But here's the thing, you know, that doesn't limit you. Don't just take what I'm saying like, Oh, well, they didn't talk about it on the conspiracy castle. So I don't know, like go out and get some books of your own because I'm totally a proponent. I mean, I'll pull this camera out and show you guys how many books I have in this room here. Cause I think like, this is where the information is. And if we can preserve this, you know, before they can burn all the books and convert them to ebooks that they can just delete with the press of one button, you know, then we're more equipped. You know, we have all this knowledge that, you know, like a weapon that we're protected to have with the Second Amendment, you know, you can have that in your home and nobody knows about it. And that's to your advantage. Well, I feel the same way about books. You know, these things are like, weapons of knowledge and the more books you have the more research you do the more able you're to present this truth whatever your truth is whether it's you know about the malpractice that's going on in the world and what they're trying to do with the my body my choice 
Listen, you've been talking for a while. Books are annoying. Everybody knows that. And if you read books, you're a nerd. Even though we yeah, but here's read. the thing. You know, you can you can you can take your time with books because a lot of people put pressure on themselves. Like, oh, I'm a bad reader. Oh, I can't read. It's like, yeah, no shit. Like, you're just trying too hard. Just fucking give yourself a fucking break. Stop reading after one page and then come back an hour later and try again. And just if you can only it's read like, one page and you're an idiot, you shouldn't even try reading. You need to go start digging ditches. And honestly, if you can only read one page, so uh, then you I have mean, no that, excuse, Alex. You should be reading. I'm too. a master I mean, reader. I can read a book in two minutes. I, I can just look at a book and read it by its cover. I'm the number one cover reader in America. I, I like, get it. You don't. This, I, this is turning into the my family thinks some crazy woo woo hour. And you're, no, but this, listen. Let me tell you. No, you no, but listen. I was just saying. I was at the grocery store. Everybody's, everybody's wearing masks. I'm not here to try to wake anybody up anymore. I thought I was going to help, but I figured out like this is what I'm. This is my goal for for 2022. Is I would like to do an investigation, and we got to get the truth community together, and we got to see like like Dallas to Florida is like 1600 miles. Dallas to California is like 1400 miles. We need to find subways along the way and see if their footlong sandwiches are actually a footlong and lay individual subway sandwiches down for all for you know it would be subway sandwiches across america and what it would do is it would feed it would feed everybody and then everybody would hand it would subs across america and we'd have subs from tampa bay to los angeles and and what it would do is we would be it would be to denounce jared fogel for all of his molestation and all the bad things he did to those children so we're going to have the subs across America. And that's the only way to unite people. We're going to give you free sandwiches and free vaccines, but free sandwiches too. You get tuna. You can do We're not Honestly, guys, because we're going to be doing the subs across America, you're not going to be able to get it toasted more than likely, unless you happen to be your sub, your track of sub that you're participating in happens to be that close to an actual subway. But a lot of this right. is going to be, a lot of this is going to be mobile subway sandwiches. And what this is going to do, Mark, this is going to bring people together. It's going to bring white people, black people, Asian people. Everybody wants a free foot long. And then this is the thing. Then if it doesn't match up, we got subway dead to rights that their sandwiches are too short. The conspiracy theorist Alex Stein becomes so famous. I reveal Subway's been lying the whole time. Subway feels bad. Free subs forever. Government subsidized subs. Get your sub. Get your vaccine. <laughs> free subs. Sub, subsidized. You know, hey, God honest truth. America should have it in every major city and small cities. There should be, you know how they have a homeless kitchen, but we should have like subsidized restaurants like a Subway or like a McDonald's, like a fucking, you know what I mean? Like a fat, like a place like that, that anybody should be able to go to for free. I know that sounds like literal socialism, but we just have so much bloated money and waste. When I look at Afghanistan, I look at like all those Black Hawk helicopters that we left. Like literally we could put like, we don't didn't need to be a food kitchen. And that would be a lot where normal people could go. Like it could be a respectable restaurant. We didn't even know if people were eating there for free. You know, and you could pay there too, maybe, but maybe not. I don't know. But there should be a free. If McDonald's is so cheap, the subway is so cheap, there should be a government subway shop. You can go anywhere and get a sandwich if you're hungry. Why the fuck not? I mean, that's not that crazy. Um, what do you think well, about free sandwiches across America and Alex Stein ending world hunger one sub at a time? Honestly, dude, subway's whack, dude. Dude, their stuff's made out of yoga mats. That doesn't matter. I like yoga, dude. I like yoga. I'm a yogi, so I'm into that. 
I'm not into that, dude. I make my own. Sandwiches. No, it's disgusting food. It's totally disgusting. But that's part of Subway. Is that you know it's disgusting. You know it's not good. But it's five dollars for a foot long, and you're fat, and you're hungry, and you want to stuff your gullet with as much bread and as much mayonnaise and as much lettuce and as much cheese and as much fake bacon and as much turkey. Much you want all that shit in your stomach because you're so hungry. That's what we want. We're all a bunch of hungry animals. You're making me hungry. Look how much I'm drinking over here. I'm I know. Beverage. I can just sit here and talk about subs all day long. I can talk about the oil and vinegar. I can talk about it toasting so it's lightly crispy. I can tell you about the cheese lightly melted. We can talk about a tuna melt. We can talk about, uh, I mean, there's so many different levels of All right, sandwiches. well, let the record stand that I was going to talk about Pindar and the House of the Dragon, but, you know, Alex Stein wants to talk about Subway on the conspiracy cast. It's going to solve mankind's <laughs> ilks. I can't solve it by telling people 9-11 was an inside job they look at me like i'm crazy i tell people we didn't land on the moon they're like oh i think we did i'm like shut the fuck up shut the fuck up you don't know i yell at them and then they think i'm crazy dudes but if i handed them a free subway a free turkey bacon club they would be like holy cow this guy's awesome and it would just be a whole different deal and that's what i'm looking forward to mm. okay that's interesting well i'll tell it's you it's not what. that interesting if you love Subway, like Alex said. I don't. I don't like it. It's disgusting, but it's just, and, it makes the most sense. Well, Schematically. Yeah. Listen, I'm I'll all about schematics. What. I'm a schematics expert. They call me Schematic here's, Stein. What? Here's a weird synchronicity. You could have uh, I don't up. know synchronicity. I know schematics. And schematically, <laughs> Subway is the number one franchise restaurant in the United States and across the world. So that would give us the most advantage of doing the subs across America. So a systems expert like myself that is using systems and a systematical process learning and thinking, I can solve subs across America myself. Yeah. Well, you could have brought up any company. You could have brought up, you know, Mike's, New Jersey, Jersey Mike's. Mike's. No, their subways, their, their <laughs> sandwiches are too high quality. No, you could have no. brought up, the, you know, any other shitty sandwich chain, but you no, you'd have to bring up the shittiest one because so no, because, listen, because Subway, <laughs> if you think, you no, let me tell you something, let me tell you something. Subway is a good representation of how fucked up America is. How like like we talk about Tartarian stuff. All these old buildings are like built all ornately and beautiful. Now any new building literally looks like a gray piece of shit. It looks like a square gray building. Every new building, every Amazon warehouse, everything. And these are these are companies that are making the most money possible. Like they could have some cool building, LEDs, like lights or whatever, ornateness. None, because we're because we're just uh, we suck dick as a society. So Subway is a good representation of America. Cheap, easy, fat, bunch of calories made by a person that's strung out on methadone. Uh, you know what I mean? There's a that's like a, the opioid. It, it represents an opioid problem in America. Just saying it, that if you looked at a, a better representation of how shitty America is, and I love America. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm you know red, white, and blue all the way through. You know what I mean? I'll put a boot in their ass. But but Subway is what we are. The only way it'd be better is if it was a Subway buffet. But in a way, it is like a buffet because America's so fat, we can't wait for them to cook our food. We have to go to a place where they'll have it ready as we go. As we pay, the food is ready because we're so fat, we want to stuff it in our gullet. Right, right. Well, you know, I was going to point out the fact that Subway's headquarters is in the same town that I live in. So it's a weird 
synchronicity because you brought up Subway. You could have brought up any sandwich chain, but you brought up Subway. And I was just talking about Michael Wan, Ross Ben, the synchronicities. I mean, a little bit behind the scenes before I even had a podcast, I went to the Susquehanna River on my way back from my first time ever going to Washington, D.C., in the middle of the pandemic, like two months into it, the pandemic, right? And uh, and I already knew about Michael Wan because I love podcasts. I've been listening for years, but I didn't work for Sam Tripoli, you know, and I, I sent uh, my prayers and my thoughts down the river. I stood by the river and I just, you know, prayed with the river. And I know that's going to sound woo-woo to everybody, but guess what? It sounds gay to me, but go ahead. Yeah, well, you know what? You can go fuck yourself because oh, in a fine. couple months, you know, <laughs> a lot of magic happened. And that's what I think is significant. When you put yourself out there to receive and give you know, real things can happen. You just got to engage with the natural forces that are around you in your own backyard. And it's not just the Susquehanna for people who don't Wait, go live. back to synchronicity. Let me tell you something, Mark. I'm prime time 99. I have no idea where Subway's headquarters is. Zero idea. I don't even know the proper name of the city that you're in. You're in Connecticut or something. I don't even know the name of the proper city. You always say it. I can't remember. Shit. Know. Listen. No. How and and I knew I was channeling Subway. I was channeling Jared Fogle in prison. I, I I had the energy somehow off the firmament. Subway was in my brain. That's that's how you guys know. I'm thinking before I knew. I didn't know I was going to go on a subway ramp, but I knew my brain was saying, talk about subway, talk about subway. It's because you are in the subway's headquarters town. This is the subway connection. I'm so spot on. I can solve the hunger crisis. I can solve the race issue. I can solve a lot of other ilks, you know, systemic racism. I can uh, solve uh, uh, the abortion problem. It's all with free subs. Because if people knew, if people knew, they got pregnant. Let's say you're 16 and pregnant, and you're like, how am I going to feed my child? I don't know if I have enough money to take care of my child. But if you know there's a little restaurant called Subway where every single day you can get three subs, no matter what, no questions asked, you can feed that baby all the subs he can eat, you're going to have the baby because you get free Subway for life. That's government-subsidized subs. That's what it is. That's what it is. We're not subsidizing subs. Subsidization, Subway. Conspiracy. I'm going. I figured it out. I figured it out, Mark. Free sandwiches, problem solved. Subsidize Subway, solve the problems. Sounds crazy. Let me start giving out some free tuna sandwiches. Then, then we'll see how crazy I am. Okay, I see your point. Check That's going to be my whole platform when I run for president or governor or whatever. It's going to be subsidized Subway. You don't even own, like, you're not, you don't have one stake in the subway company. None. And you? I won't. It's a disgusting company. I wouldn't invest my money in that trash of a company ever. It's a, this, it's a, it'd be a terrible investment. Wow. I've just shamed my whole town, Alex. You've got me. You stuck, stick a. Well, it just shows me, you, dude. like, what, what town are you in? Uh, the best town in Connecticut, dude. Say it. Milford. Exactly. Milford. Dude, that's what I'm saying. That shows you Subway's a shitty company. It's in Milford. It's, that's a mine. That's a, what is that? That's, that's like a factory town or something. What the fuck? Hey, Subway, go to New York City, <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, Go uh, to wh- Dallas. Wh- wh- when was Dallas founded? What year was Dallas Dallas founded? has the biggest, the big, more What year? How old more, is Dallas? It doesn't matter, but listen, it's old uh, enough. Uh, old enough no, to it drink. Matters. Old enough it to matters. fuck. Old enough it to matters. fuck. Listen, if this isn't about Milford, dude. I'm just showing you Subway's a shitty fucking 
vegan shit, sa- sandwich man. place. They're, they could have it. They could have. They're literally the biggest chain uh, franchisee restaurant in the world. They could have a headquarters in New York City, Los Angeles, Dallas, Chicago, a real city. They're in Milford, Connecticut because they're a white trash company. Uh, and I'm not even saying Milford, Connecticut is white trash. I'm just saying Subway. Have you ever been to a Subway? The paper they give you, the they can't even give you a plate. They give you paper. They don't even have a, a proper cutlery. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I mean, dude, no. If you're eating at Subway, if you work at Subway, you're an ex-convict. And if you're not an ex-convict and you work at Subway, you've murdered uh, animals. For, you've tortured animals. The first animals. Subway that ever existed was in my hometown, Alex. Fake okay. news. Fake news. The first subway was in New York City on the subway. A guy was making sandwiches. He yes, that was the first one. He was selling them for a quarter. They used to call him Subway Sam. And that oh, was Subway Sam. And Subway Sam. Subway oh, Sam. Okay. So you know Subway Sam. I know Subway Sam. He was the one in the oh. sub. He was claiming he was claiming out the sandwiches. He used to <laughs> shell them out. Well, actually, that's false because Subway Sam lives on Subway Sam Road in Milford, Connecticut, because he founded the town, dude. In 1626, dude, when the first subway was open, dude. No, it was opened. No, it was opened in New York City the day the subway was open. Subway (laughs) Sam was making bologna sandwiches. Yeah, Subway Sam was just. The first hamburger is from Connecticut. No, it's Hamburg, Germany. That's Hamburg, Germany, dude. No, it's Hamburg, Connecticut, bro. Look it up. Look it up. It doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter, dude. The first first impossible whopper was made at Burger King, the true god, the true burger lord. No, 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 no. The first helicopter is from Connecticut. The first submarine is from Connecticut. Come on, Alex. You want to go toe-to-toe? I'm not here to talk about Connecticut, dude. This isn't Connecticut state history. I'm just saying, I wonder, (laughs) Connecticut, are they going to be cool with me using the women's restroom? Because I know at the Burger King I go to, they're not. Well, they're not. They don't, they get mad. I, I would leave probably, it a mess, though. I leave it a disgusting I would, mess. I would probably fit in better down there in Texas. You'd probably fit in better over here with that attitude. Yeah, I like yeah. to I like to remove the top of the toilet and go in that part of the toilet. That's my favorite <laughs> thing to do when I'm at in the at subway room. when you're in the subway. And any any toilet, any toilet besides hey, mine that Alex. I can take off the top and go in. That's my favorite thing to do. It's hey, how's prank. this? How's this for? How's this for subway? Uh, being a corporation, their first subway ever opened. Okay, this is how shitty subway is. The first subway ever opened is now closed and replaced with, with a Quiznos. A, no, with oh. a, with a with like a cotton candy shop or some shit. Well, like that's that. an upgrade. <laughs> if you're gonna say Quiznos, <laughs> that would have been so fucked up, dude. Could you imagine if you ori- that shows you how shitty of a con- subway is so shitty that their original flagship store or whatever, the one that it started it all, would become a Quiznos because it's it they're they hire pet literal pedophiles as their marketing and brand. Their whole entire <laughs> branding is based on pedophiles that are well, fat. Yeah, dude. I mean, from Delaware to Connecticut to Hollywood, California, there's all kinds of fucking shady ass people, bro. I mean, why do you think I'm in the conspiracy stuff? Because I grew up in Connecticut, conspiracy Connecticut, dog. I mean, Yale University, Skull and Bones, Mark Twain, you know. Was Jared Fogle a Skull and Bones? Huh? Was Jared Fogle a Skull and Bones? <laughs> Honestly, I don't even think he's from Connecticut. I think he's just some uh, I think fucking he's from LA person. I think he's from Milford. Oh, oh, he's from Milford. Holy shit, dude. 
oh shit, there's mice in the studio, dude. Do you have a uh, mouse in your house? Oh, you're in the garage, right? There's mice in the studio, dog. <laughs> That's ex ghetto. I know. I hope they go on the stream. I hope they go by. Uh, you got to get some traps, dude. You don't want the lady yeah. to see that too. Don't don't. How do we? Oh, dude, she doesn't want them killed, dude. I showed them to her. I don't want like, them killed oh either, God, necessarily. So it's funny. I just say traps. I don't really want you to kill them either. I didn't. I there was a rat upstairs, and he just is gone now. I'm not upstairs in my attic. He's gone, thank God now. But uh, I didn't want to put up try. I didn't put up put out traps for him. I wanted to. I mean, I, I debated it is what I'm saying. I didn't do it because I didn't want to kill him. Yeah. But I debated yeah. it. I didn't know what the fuck to do. But I just was like, I'm just, I don't want to kill his ass. Yeah. Well, you're spot on, Alex. I mean, Milford, Connecticut definitely has white trash. I mean, there's a mouse in my studio. Uh, I don't want to speak for that mouse. Family. That's Ratatouille. He actually started, he works at Subway. He's the, he's a flavor creationist at Subway. He, he creates the flavor palettes that you taste. The yoga mat, that rat is the one that decides to put yoga mat in their uh, meat, in their bread at Subway. Yeah. Well, I kind of own it because I'm like, you know, I grew up so close to New Haven and Yale University that I'm like, fuck those elite, rich, you know, people. And then you go to Greenwich, New York City. It's all, it's just a mad, you know coast of of yachts and all kinds of uh privilege so it made me a little bit jaded and, and maybe more interested in researching this stuff but yeah, me dude, too i don't me too I, think... I i grew up in highland park with all these super rich kids and they had all the new material shit and my dad didn't buy me a lot of i'm not saying my dad raised me great i'm not saying i wanted for anything but i just didn't have all the new shit that they had like i didn't have like a mom buying me a bunch of I mean, my mom was, she got me shit, but just, she didn't get me shit like these kids. You know what I mean? They had all the shit, all the new well, bro, we I never up, had a we, pair of Jordans. I never had a pair of $200 we, tennis shoes, not one time. We grew time. up when they were killing the middle class. So I completely understand. I mean, there's- I would try degree. to get the $150 shoes. My parents would be like, no way. You know, it's just shit like that. Kids that had all the new gear. So what it would make me do is it made me not like it. it made me think even at a young age like you know i didn't really embrace it till probably i was like nearly 30 or 29 28 when i was like fuck materialism but i've always been anti-materialism because everybody's been about it so it's that that's like the one of the biggest ilks we keep on saying that's a new word ilk uh illness that's uh materialism people like feel like they can make their self-esteem better by buying some inanimate clothing or a car or whatever the hell it is bro I just want people to fucking understand what's going on in the world right now. And I read nothing's in, going on in the world. The world's totally fine. Everything's fine in the world. Bro, everybody needs to go check out Ross Ben 180. Don't uh, check him out. Instagram. Just relax. Everybody needs to go, go turn on, on CNN. Go on CNN. Go on, <laughs> go on CNN.com and look ben. at the homepage and read the first 12 articles and then regurgitate them to every coworker that you talk to. And always say the CNN talking points. And look at Anderson Cooper and always say whatever Anderson Cooper says, but say it louder and more aggressively. Yeah. And you know what? Synchronistically, dude, I was just on a, a lake house that's on the same lake as Anderson Cooper's house. So how did fucking, I know that? You're fucking psychic, you little fuck. Dude, I'm the Anderson Cooper crib keeper. I know this shit. I know what's going on. You guys don't think I do, but I know. I, I think I told you shit. about that before that he has a house in, in Bantam. You didn't say you didn't... that before. You didn't say anything about Anderson no? Cooper. No, you've never told me that. 
Wow, look at that, folks. Alex Stein, proven psychic. I know shit. When I'm talking, I'm not even talking. I'm being, you know, somebody's using astral projection on the other side. And it's just, that's spiritually, sometimes I, maybe somebody's just using me as a puppet. And uh, they're actually on the other side controlling my body. Mm, well, that's good, dude. You know, we I have a little control. I have a little control over it, but they're gaining more control as time goes by. Yeah, but don't, I mean, I feel like I'm a vessel for spirit and the creator. I mean, would you not feel called to that same? You I'm know, a vessel like, for Subway sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, you're a fucking garbage pail full of Subway sandwiches. <laughs> you're not even wearing pants right now, Alex. Look at yourself. I know. They're dude. too tight around my what waist. What are you? Listen, here's the thing, Alex. We need to get you. For those who don't know, I help fucking Alex out, okay? I get him guests. We need to get you some fitness guests on this show. I agree. Okay? I agree. We need them more we fitness need people. To I love you, fitness. We need to have you talk to Matt Belair, okay? The Zen athlete. Okay, I want you doing dead. I want like hot. I want like hot ladies though. Hot fitness house. I want fitness. We're gonna house. get. We're gonna get fit together, dude. With the fitness hose. Look at me, dude. I, I want. Look I want. Skinny I want girls fuck. to do Look put on. Yeah, but I want like girls in yoga pants doing stretches and showing me how I can, you know, dial it in and get my we'll chakras aligned. We'll do that. Shout out to all the yoga babes. The yoga babes. That we will get on this show to help you improve. The conspiracy castle, mind, body, and soul connection, dude. Because I feel a lot of this stuff that I'm talking about is going in one ear and out the other because you're eating Krispy Kreme, you're going to Subway, you're going to Quiznos, you're going to Jersey Mike's. I'm at Quiznos t- every day, dude. I'm not even I allowed at the Quiznos a- down Lemon Avenue because I have a friend oh, of the manager, Terry. I'm not even allowed at that Quiznos. <laughs> Fuck you, Terry. It's because he puts the meat on all wet. So it's a toasted sub, but it's all wet in the area where the meat is. Terry knows that. I call him Toasted Terry because he didn't toast it right. (laughs) Dude, I can't go to that. I know, know, Toasty Terry. He's toasty as hell. Listen, yeah, and I've had similar beefs, dude. Like the dude at the Krausers who got mad at me for not wearing a mask ever. Fuck you, bro. And and Dave, who threw me out of the market. We're pro masks. We like masks. It's because you didn't have. Oh. You should wear two masks for safety. Oh, okay, fine. I wear two masks. Okay, wait. So so wait, so this guy got mad at you. That's smart. And then what happened? This guy threw you out of somewhere. <laughs> no, I was making a fucking point, Alex. All right, now I gotta put my glasses on so I could focus, dude. You were listening, and then at one point super fast pace that your mind's working at got ahead of you and i think we need to slow things down well I'm, I'm all discombobulated like i try to use a women's restroom at chick-fil-a today and like the person was like oh my gosh you're gonna burn in hell and all this stuff because i was like pooping in the top of the toilet and then i started crying and i just i don't know i'm all disheveled because I don't know what I'm doing half the time. When I walk in the Chick-fil-A women's restroom and I start going in the top of the toilet, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't have control of my bowels. I don't have control of my mind. And I and I turn on Alexandra. And then when they confront me, I'm not violent, but I just, I mean, the way the guy, he prayed for me in front of me. I, we sat down and I was covered in fecal matter. And he sat and prayed for me. And I felt better, but I, I just don't feel, I don't feel good right now. Wow. Wow. That's scary, dude. That's scary, dude. Either way. It's really bad. Chick-fil-A, they're really spiritual, so it really messed my head. So, but there's there's two connections. There's a Subway connection. There's the Anderson Cooper connection. There's a psychic link, okay? 
We were talking on the phone the other day. What were you doing? Did they invent honey mustard? Did they invent honey mustard in Milford, Connecticut? No, but they invented hamburgers in New Haven, Connecticut, and we have the best pizza in Connecticut. So. Oh, that's true. What is it called? A pizza or something? It's called a pizza. A beats. A beats. Yeah, they call some. Yeah, see, that shows you they have that things. Dude, I know every dude. I, there's nothing I don't know. I'm an encyclopedia oh, well, did, of knowledge. Oh well, did you know this? Did you know this that in the 1600s the English created a town in Connecticut called New London, and they renamed the Mohegan River, which is the same name as the Mohegan Sun Casino that most people know about. They probably go to if they're in this area, and they renamed it the Thames River, just like they have in London. So they're recreating this place in London trying to bring the British royalty over here, right? Well, obviously people know, well, the British were defeated. Well, eh, that's not true because there's still British people that live in Connecticut today. And Shut Yale up. University they walk is... around with their fake teeth all fucked up and they're like drinking tea and shit like that. Absolutely. I'm drinking tea. I'm drinking tea. I got a fucking tea. Absolutely, and that might I sound scary. I was a fucking bloody day. That might sound scary to you in Texas, but over here, that's commonplace, okay? I'm Paul Revere. I'm warning you guys right now. You have Howard right? Stern vibes with his glasses. <laughs> I think I've said that before. You have not Paul. Well, I like that. Keep in mind, I like the Howard Stern vibe. I, we can kind of LARP like this is Howard Stern. Okay. Howie. Isn't this what Howard Stern did, right? That? No, Howard Stern's lame. He's Illuminati. He's show. I mean, it's just Thank weird. You. It's just weird that I knew that Subway can solve all of our problems by subsidizing sub sandwiches and that you're in Milford, Connecticut, the home and capital of Subway. And the synchronicity is off uh, the chart. So what does that mean? Why is that guy, Michael Yawn, oh, go to sleep, uh, not <laughs> wand, uh, what does that have to do? So what does that mean? Does that mean that I can actually project and that I can see into the future and that I know who's going to win the 2022 Super Bowl in, in February 16th? Yeah, if you fucking studied hard enough, maybe you could actually have that kind of foresight. But I have a feeling you're not going to listen. So hold on a second. What are you doing, dude? You're messing up the vibe of the show, dude. Don't stand um, up. I'm not messing up the vibe of the show. I'm dude, the guest, yeah, you should have some respect. As a guest, you're, you're, you're allotted this day for the show, dude. Show respect. Don't leave the show. Right. You, unless sorry, you have not. to go number poop. Unless you're going to poop in the top of a toilet at a Chick-fil-A, do not go off screen. <sighs> All right. That's the last time that will ever happen. But I have my board here, okay? I wanted to present some things for people. Why do you have the um, N-word written on there a bunch? It looks like you have the N-word. Why do you, do you use that word? That's not That's not what that, that looks says. Like that's the a N-word. Latin. <laughs> that's a... Dude, what is this, dude? This is, a, see, this is a show, man. This isn't some sort of like this KKK not... rally or something, dude. I don't know what is going on with you. No, sometimes. okay, you're being so inflammatory. I am being I a little love. inflammatory because I think I have COVID. It's I'm so, inflamed, it's, dude. I mean, yeah, yeah, dude. I think I have COVID-19. It's hysterical, but if people will stick with me for a second, that word is N-I-G-R-E-D-O, nigredo, which is a Latin word for black, okay? So it does kind of relate, but not in that way. So, no, this is nothing extremist. (laughs) I don't like that, but go ahead. Okay, well. Feels extreme, but go ahead. Well, the person person who wrote this book, I'm not going to speak for them, but they are black you can 
describe them that way. Okay. It's coming from a black man. Either way. So what we're talking about here is the alchemical process. Okay. And what Ross breaks down in his book is that they're taking royalty, the divine right to rule from the Moors, right? The Moors meaning uh, Mavre, which is the Greek term for black, just like this is another word for black. We call people with melanated skin black. Okay. The author of this book, this information coming from. And it's a book about alchemy. Isn't that a little racist when uh, black people are the ones that are the best at cooking crack and turning cocaine into crack? That's alchemy. Alex, both of us know that that's only a byproduct of the military industrial complex and their drug trafficking. For sure. For sure. So why would you make that connection? Well, they're the best at cooking it. They're the best. But bear with me. You know, this is this. If you're going to make this a touchy subject, then let me present something. So. We have the great mystery Philadelphia. And you're like, oh, who cares about Philadelphia, Rocky movie, big deal, whatever. Well, guess what? Philadelphia was the birthplace of this nation in a lot of ways. Boston, Philadelphia, you know, these Tom, were. St- Tom Hanks had that movie where he was gay. He was a homosexual in the movie. Right. People always think like, oh, Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C. But they don't remember that Washington, D.C. was built, you know, because they were like, all right, we're doing this America thing. So there's a lot more history to talk about when we look at Philadelphia. And Ross Ben, again, I'm going to talk about his work here. So I don't want people to think, oh, Mark found this out. No, I want people to check out his book. But either way, I think this part is really important for people who listen to the show and watch this show to understand. So they're manipulating historic and prophetic timelines The manipulation of historic and prophetic timelines is nothing new. It is an ancient magic that traces from certainly Roman and probably Babylonian times. For the purpose of this work, we'll identify four ways of manipulation. Anathema, pervert and distort prophetic teachings. Learn prophecy, then enact historic events to prevent the prophecy from being fulfilled. And then the last one is learn prophecy, then enact historic events that mimic fulfillment, but ultimately serve nefarious intentions. Now, considering what we're about to take on with the 20th anniversary of 9-11, does any of that sound familiar? (laughs) Well, yeah. So you think there's an overlapping timeline with 2001 and 2021 right now? It's like we didn't learn anything from Afghanistan, basically. It's we're starting over. No. What I'm saying is that on 9-11, 20 years ago, they were mimicking the fulfillment of a prophetic event to serve a nefarious intention, okay? And what you'll learn if you check out this book and the work of Ross Ben and Michael Wan, W-A-N-N, Uh, you'll find out that this whole country that we're in was set up that way to facilitate this manipulation in an esoteric way, right? So living in the state that I live, I've noticed that, okay, my town is going back to like 1642. Hmm, wonder what kind of history there is around here. Well, you find out there's a bunch of Native Americans around here. A bunch of Subway sandwich shops. Yeah, Subway Sandwich is another thing. But, you know, Subway Sandwich got its start right on that same river. Is it true they found a fossilized Subway Sandwich and they knew that it it was eaten by dinosaurs, the first Subway? 
The first subway was definitely by not eaten by yeah. dinosaurs because dinosaurs don't exist, dude. That's well, fake. big old lizards did, and they ate subway at the first subway shop. Dude, dinosaurs were just giants. People are mad. They... Oh, Systems Planet, who this guy who I like a lot, who's a Bitcoin uh, bala, he said this conversation is too dumb for me. Good night. I, you know what I'm saying? People don't like that when we start talking about creative things, how how to solve the world, how to subsidize subway sandwiches. People get mad. So people Mark. are too dumb to read a book. Is that what you're telling me? I am. Me? I mean, to be honest, yeah, I'm not that smart. So you know what? Am, what am I gonna say? How is this conversation dumb? Because he's too dumb to pay attention. I think the intelligent people listening who are interested in learning a little bit about the roots of this country might be interested in this book. I thought you might be as well. No, keep going. I know. I I know, you know, you're trying to do the CNN minute by minute thing and people have a short attention span and we're not talking about flat earth, but I was just talking about how dinosaurs weren't real. So, you no, know, go that, into that. Go into that. People love that shit, dude. Well, wh what we're talking about here is, you know, some shit that goes into. Don't cuss. Please don't say shit. Sorry. Don't say what shit. Was... Don't say fuck. Don't say uh, jizz, anything like that. Don't say any bad words. <laughs> All right. Is that offending people? We're just not allowed to cuss. I'm not sure. I'm only allowed. I'm the only one that's allowed to cuss. <laughs> well, I don't want to be on a show like that. Yeah, for dramatic effect. Yeah, only the host is allowed to cuss on this one side. I feel like I'm a surf in the conspiracy that's kingdom. That's not worse. Really, you're. Yeah, and you're not allowed to disagree with me. Honestly, yeah. So. So should I smash this globe behind me? That's what I'm saying. Show? You have to light it on fire. It's a People are getting annoyed by me already in the chat. Oh, look, it looks like I got some troll, I think, already. All right, we should ahead, we sorry. should light the globe on fire for your YouTube channel. I don't want to kill those cool. rats. I don't want to kill those mouse, dude. No, the mice are fine, dude. My girlfriend was feeding them. But either way, you know, I think people are interested uh, who are still here, so we shouldn't discount them. So here's the thing. Uh, this is Ross Ben talking here. The Rosie Cross inspired plots that exemplify this Latin process of turning, you know, lead to gold. OK, that's what these words mean here that you pointed out. Uh, it's it's coming through history. They're doing magic to create events in history to work through this long term alchemical process. Right. So. That includes the colonization scheme of Francis Bacon and the Western design of Oliver Cromwell. Do you know who any of those people are, Alex? Yeah, of course. Yeah, but what was Oliver Cromwell? What did he start? He's a big deal. Uh, uh, say it. What did he start? A media or some shit? No, Oliver Cromwell is from the 1600s, and he was a British general. So I Cromwell, don't know if you're a general. Okay, go ahead. Right. So, but more importantly, Francis Bacon was allegedly Shakespeare, the real Shakespeare, because there's all this, uh, you know, debate over who the real Shakespeare was, because that was just a pen name. Have you ever heard about yeah. this conspiracy? No, let's go into this because the Shakespeare doesn't make sense. How did he write all that shit? I mean, you know, uh, exactly. Go, go so, into this. I'm interested. So people you know, point that out, like the guy from Stratfordshire who, uh, you know, has the claim on being Shakespeare. He was allegedly uneducated. His children couldn't read or write. 
He's like, if this guy wrote all these works that inspired English to be, you know, one of the best languages, you know, the modern language, you know, why would his children not be educated, right? So it just doesn't make sense. Meanwhile, this guy, Francis Bacon, who was somebody who would have had the knowledge to write all these plays, was accomplished in all these other fields, was a part of the Rosicrucians and all these other secret groups that have this esoteric knowledge. What if he was actually Shakespeare? And there's a lot of people who point to him. And I think whenever you have like the mainstream sources going like, oh yeah, see, like people who are crazy think Francis Bacon was actually Shakespeare, but that's nonsense. And here's why. Anytime you see that National Geographic, History Channel, whatever bullshit magazine, scientific article, whatever, that to me is more proof that, okay, there's something going on here that they're trying to cover up. And yeah, man, I would say Francis Bacon, not only, you know, the Shakespeare stuff aside, he was a big part of what we are dealing with here in this country. You know, all of the, you know, magic manipulation and the chemical companies that are now trying to force these things into our bodies, you know, they get their roots in the foundations of this country too, you know, the royal bloodlines. And or was Francis Porkchop, was he in the 1600s? Francis <laughs> Francis Bacon? Yeah, he, he pork is... Porkchop, uh, I don't like bacon as much. I like pork chops better. No, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head what year Francis Bacon uh, lived, you know, was born and died. Pork chop. We call him pork chop on this show, but go ahead. Everybody's saying my, my comedy is of, of falling a little flat tonight, but it is because, guys... I got some sort of uh, mean text message uh, from somebody. Uh, oh, some group message. Okay, good. Uh, uh, listen, I'm just going to tell you this. Sir Francis Porkchop was probably the author of uh, Shakespeare. Thank you. Yeah, I just, you know, I don't know. Maybe people don't get my sense of humor, and that's why, you know, you're having a hard time here, Alex. I don't know. I think we generally have fun when uh, when we talk on the phone, but maybe No, we do. Translate. No, I, I love it. I love this so much. Uh, it's funny. I'm in some group message. I guess it's a spammer or something. It's like, Everybody's texting stop. Does that ever happen where somehow you get in some group text message and it's spam? It's like, I don't know, somebody's purposely spamming me. It's always, you know, I feel like I'm getting attacked. I see that on Instagram sometimes, but no. You know, I, I definitely avoid YouTube for that reason. Much love to everybody watching on YouTube. But if you got a comment, you know, it's like, who the hell cares, man? I just don't care. And I know you love your audience and I appreciate that. But like with the podcasting thing, it's like the right people reach out and say that. Rachel like, Elizabeth Show. got two cats. I know dude. they're going to say the nice things. I don't worry about it. Rachel Elizabeth got two. Oh, a donation. Shay Shay TK. Thank you so much. Rachel Elizabeth. She, she had two cats. What should she name? Wow. Another donation. Sky Bear. Wow. That's Boom. a dope. Mark, please donate your glasses to my dad. I want to see. I want him they're Look yours. at me through blue space beam glasses. Okay, you, you know, actually, these glasses came from the first head shop in the United States in New Haven, Connecticut. Look at that. What? That was the first place you could buy a, a, a bong? Hey, somebody just said Ashley J in the chat. I had a pork chop for dinner. I called it Ashley J. Sir Francis uh, Pork Chop. I wrote Shakespeare and I knew what you had for dinner. So I know this shit. I'm clairvoyant. Keep going. 
Well, either way, that's all I had to say about that. But New Haven's weird, man. I the mean, first bong shop. The first bong shop was in New yeah, Haven. Yeah, the Boy. whole hippie movement was social engineering, right? So, like, where do you think they social engineer people? At the Ivy League colleges like Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut, and all the other little prep schools that are in Connecticut. Yeah, I, I dude, I'm realizing government school and even in those private schools, they're, like, even the worst. Like, uh, they're all funded by all these uh, like evil organizations, whatever you want to call it. They, if you go corporations, to, yeah, but, but I'm just saying, like, if you go to public school, there's a reason why it's free. It's because you're you're selling them like your soul, you're selling them your brain. Like, you know, they're they're able to uh, program you and put in their operating software, uh, and that's why it's free because it doesn't the the what the learning system that we use. You don't teach anything that's very applicable. To later on in life, you learn a bunch of unnecessary bullcrap, and they just want to teach you how to be an obedient uh, debt slave. And so it's just it's really scary. Now looking back, now that I graduated college and now that I did that whole system, I'm like, man, that couldn't be any worse of a built system. Now you look at all the politics now, with like all the school mass stuff, and like all these crazy teachers are like Antifa or even right wing. I don't even want some crazy right wing teacher. I'm just saying like you can't even get a normal teacher. You're gonna get some freaking weird teacher trying to do some weird agenda like. The weird, the world is so weird right now. Bringing a kid up in it is not something. Wow, nineteen dollars for the first Subway franchise. Thank you. Uh, the, oh, another donation, Roosevelt. Hilarious show with a straight man, Mark sees. Okay, see, Roosevelt thinks it's funny. Thank you, Roosevelt. Roosevelt's the A one. Um, so you know that's that's basically what I think about that, Mark. Sir Francis Porkchop. But on Don. But the, the the indoctrination at these schools, dude, you can't uh, you can't unlearn like what they teach you. They 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 put it in your brain and it is stuck in your head. It's a lot like the shape of the earth and like the the planets and all that stuff. They teach you that at a young age, so you don't really like question it. You just kind of agree with it. But that's another thing for another day. We can talk about how the systems learning. I'm talking about the machine learning with modern day schooling is insane. It's like uh, basically it's like repetitive uh artificial intelligence that can predict what the person using it the child is going to do before they do it like they can predict like what they're going to answer by looking at their eyes i mean it's just this really it's what they call like learning tech i I have a woman that lynn davenport on she's like an expert in this and there's like all these companies that invest in and stuff but basically that's the future of this indoctrination is learning technologies where kids will have like ipads and they'll do all their you know projects and stuff will be like that they're like, oh, it's gamify it, so it seems easier, but really, it's just like this trance Alex, and hypnotism. You you scolded me for talking about books. Like, what do you think is gonna avoid that kind of indoctrination? Fucking magazines. collect the books now Magaz- before magazines. they're gone, dude. Magazines. I mean, I, I don't know if Playboy. Connecticut's uh the the example, but I noticed that these small bookstores. You're getting locked down. People are fucking telling you wear a mask inside of a bookstore. I'm like, fuck this, man. Like, I'm so glad that I have as many as I do. So I just want to encourage people to get as many as they can before the Internet gets locked down. Because I know there's plenty of websites I used to go to for conspiracy information that are gone, long gone now on the Internet. So it's only a matter of time. And I think, you know, video content, podcast content, that's as good as it gets because it's independent. You can make it yourself. You don't have to, you know, get a whole production studio. But books are a little different. You know, there's a lot of really interesting publishers out there who are willing to take a chance on information. I think if you put yourself in the right place, you might find a book 
that could change your life, you know? And I think that's the whole reason I'm in this stuff. And, you know, you're talking about the machine learning. Yeah, man. I mean, I have Ray Kurzweil's book. I know all about that bullshit that he wants for everybody, the 2045 agenda. I also have, you know, a book about the cosmic conspiracy and how the aliens are going to come and save us. So I think that there's a whole bunch of stuff that could happen. But honestly, I think, you know, for parents out there, I can't speak for your kids. You're going to have to make the decision. But I think for yourself, you know, I don't want to become a robot. (laughs) I wouldn't want my kids to become a robot. You know, and this graphene that they're trying to put in everybody's body and put in everything. That's not true. Don't say that on YouTube. They're not putting anything in our bodies. The government is not putting anything in our bodies besides healthy food and healthy alternatives. The government always wants to take care of us and give us healthy stuff. But don't say any words like affine or whatever you said. Well, either way, you know, I think the government is good. The government is good. It's run by good people. The good people are in charge. They're doing all the good stuff. You're trying to live in a 5D reality, and now they're coming out with this 2D material, the first 2D material ever, and we're supposedly in the 3D, third dimensional. Like, if we're going to go upward, and now they're introducing this product that's allegedly in the two dimension, to me, it just feels like they're trying to anchor and lower our vibration into a more negative less enlightened less of a high frequency less of a high vibration so well that's that obvious get... that's obvious they want us in a low vibrational state so they can control us keep us in constant fight or flight you know i mean that's like that's obvious isn't it yeah hence this conversation but you know having it might inspire people to be like okay yeah i'm not the only one who thinks this way i need to actually take real steps to prevent uh any harm that might come my way uh, if I'm not careful, well, hey, maybe I will get anchored into the third dimension and people who take the steps to protect themselves elevate into the 5D. And the elite are so fucked up from all their awful rituals they've done that they, they'll never make it into the higher dimensions. You know, How so many dimensions to- do you think there are? Tell us what you think about dimensions. Give us your dimensions, Bill. What do you think about them? Well... I mean, in a kind of uh, microcosm, microcosm, macrocosm way, I would say maybe there's 12 dimensions. We look up in the sky, we have these 12 features of the zodiac. That information, you know, is universal. Isn't there really 13 zodiacs? So didn't they get rid of someone mm. like that? Isn't there a hidden zodiac? There's a hidden zodiac sign. Yeah, I did talk about that with uh, David Matheson on my podcast. I mean, I think it's really just up to, you know, is it diabetes? What is it? There's cancer, there's Virgo, and then the hidden one is diabetes. Yeah, Ophucus. I thought it's diabetes, is what it's called, like cancer, but diabetes is the hidden one. And they, they got rid of it because it was rude, because a lot of people have type uh, one diabetes that can't control their insulin levels. This is this is why I don't do research on Instagram with memes, because that's the kind of information you might find on instagram but that's all right i gave people the sources to find the information that they need to find if they're interested the people in the comments who don't like it you know that's fine you don't have to listen to the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast at myfamilythinksomecrazy.com and you don't have to support me on patreon and you know check out the synchro mystic exploration of the ever expanding now because that's too woo woo for some people that's okay. My family's always thought I was crazy. I'm totally comfortable in that position with Alex Stein, the conspiracy asshole in this 
Conspiracy Castle. Ooh. I like it. When I like the effeminate. See, we like effeminate characters. I've always thought that was funny. Growing up, you know, that's why I like to play an effeminate. That's why I like to do the transitioning stuff. Yeah. Because I grew up watching In Living Color and Jamie Foxx and then we used to always, you know, play effeminate characters and it just makes you laugh. I don't know why he's acting yeah. effeminately. It's the easiest way to be funny. It's I know it's programming. Cheap. Yeah. It's the programming. Uh Disney programming. They want little boys to act like girls and little girls to act like boys, bro. I mean, they that's did. The whole... And we used to do that. We used to laugh. He's like, oh my God, so what's up? And we used to laugh when we'd impersonate that. It's funny to, and it's still funny today to do that for whatever reason. Uh, they want to invert everything. They want to invert But if you everything. understand that Francis Bacon, who helped create this. Francis Porkchop. Sorry. And was also potentially Shakespeare. You know, and then you understand, okay, these stories that Shakespeare is talking about, that's like a formula. That's like a model. And then you have like a couple hundred years later, you have different players forming similar roles. You know, they're culture creating, but they're doing it in a new way with new tools. Yeah, they're following a template. And I think for me, you know, this may not be everyone's interest, but for me, I like going back into history and seeing where things uh, started and how they connect to what's going on now. So if you like that kind of stuff, join me over on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. We've been dishing it up about Tartaria and all kinds of interesting historical conspiratorial topics. But it's getting late over here, dog. I don't know if you want to get some to wrap callers. Up, yeah. Do you want to call? The, they, people want to call in. Should we open the phone line to call in? You should call. Okay, you have here, people calling. I might stick around for a couple no, calls. No, no, no. Just, 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 just for a second. Just for a second. I'm going to open up the phone line for one second. Google. What is this? Uh, <laughs> is somebody going to call in and talk shit? Because I'll take them on. Bring I know. That's on. what I'm saying. I don't want them to call in. They're going to just say the N-word the whole time. Uh, uh, this shit. Let me put the freaking invite. We'll see participate. If you invite them over... Uh, which we call it over Zoom. Usually you get less trolls if that means anything. But you know, now I say that we're probably gonna get a bunch of trolls. Okay, let's see. If you guys want to come ask a question. Yeah, we'll just be on for like fifteen more minutes. So hurry. If you guys want to freaking ask a question for Mark, Mark and P. I. What is that? Who is that, Mark? Mark P. Are you pooping or are you peeing? Okay. Yeah, Mark Palmer's so cool. How are you, brother? <laughs> ah, there you go. That's Sammy. <laughs> are you peeing or are you pooping? No, that's Sammy boy, dog. Yeah. Oh, I know. Sam the man. Yeah, we got to talk about the tinfoil hat. You know, I, I was on tinfoil hat. That was awesome. Uh, oh, I like speak- that inter- I like that interview and I like the Dallas episode. I thought that was both of them were fucking good. You're being nice. Okay, good. Okay. No, 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 no. I actually have sound clips that I brought from that, and I'm glad you reminded me. Yeah, you did because you, you I talked about, uh, uh, let's see, you talked about the ass eating. Oh, dude, and that was the best part. I know, I know, I know. Shout out to Alex Stein. Number 99 on the grind all the time. Dog. People gonna... don't know, you know, he's he's a single man. Okay, people got y'all got like five minutes. I put the link in the chat. Let me put it on here. Get on, Alex. <laughs> Look at me. Ah. Okay, I can't. I can't. He's a, he's a great podcast, my friend. How long has this table thought so far? Everything okay? Okay, all right. Look at he said great podcast. You know, that's it's nice. He's being generous. Sit down, Alex. 
Yeah, because I'm just a far, I'm just a mid-tier podcaster. Now I'm primetime 99. I like Tataria. Okay, stop. Stop, Mark. Mark, stop that. Okay, I just muted Mark. Okay, that was annoying as fuck. Okay, Mark, now I'm going to play this. Let me do a screen share. And just real quick, because nobody's calling in. We're about to end the show. Let me do a screen share. Oh, Enrique Martin joined. Shy, shy. We got we to gotta, we gotta talk to Enrique. I was about to play the... I was about to play the... Whatchamacallit? The... Uh... I was going to play the ass-eating clip, but it, I forgot that it had a long start. They're doing the mud flood chant, and then you made the ass-eating comment, but... Well, it doesn't matter. Okay, Enrique Martin, what what is this? Uh, uh, what's going on, Enrique? What's up? What's up? What's up? Yo, what do you got for Mark and I this evening? What? What do you got for us? <laughs> so with Marine Eleven coming up, uh, it's gonna Marine Eleven is on my birthday. Okay. Oh shit! So you're born on nine eleven. So your life has been tough because uh, you yeah, don't get to have a lot of good birthdays. Is that why? Yeah. It's a twenty year. It's a twenty year anniversary, Enrique. I, I, it's tough. You know. How old? I mean? How old are you, if you don't mind me asking, Enrique? Gonna be twenty four. Oh shit! So you're four four years old when. Oh, I'm... you're a baby, dude. You don't even remember how bad it was. Not that it really is even like. Uh, I mean, you don't speak for him. Who knows? How old are you, Mark? I was in third grade. I don't remember exact. Well, I could do the math. I was seven. I wasn't much older than him. Yeah, I know. I know, dude. It was, it was, uh, it was. I'm still not much older than him. It's not like I age faster, but. (laughs) No. Okay. Okay, Enrique. So your birthday, your birthday's in three days. What are you gonna do? I don't like birthdays. I feel like birthdays are low vibrational. You know, you always like have some sort of expectation that never meets it. But I imagine since you have kind of a sad birthday, like are people more uh, willing to go out and do something or less willing because it's kind of sad? I guess being uh, Mexican American, it really doesn't matter. You know, being being growing up in a Mexican culture, you know. Nobody really, and the Mexicans, I guess, like trip uh, out about nine eleven. They don't really know about it. They don't really care about it. But uh, nonetheless, you know, it's not gonna be throwing a party, getting the families together, doing a cookout. Enrique, so you're about to do a big. I like to hear this. Yeah, the 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 trauma has not affected the Mexican community. I'm glad to hear that. Me too. Thank God. That shows you how strong the Mexican community is. Nothing will bring Hell them down. Yeah. Even the Twin Towers coming down, it's not that big a deal. They're still going to have a quinceanera. They're still going to party. <laughs> He's like, yeah, And Mexican that's why. You know why? Because the Mexicans are not tripping out. They know they can build it better. They're like, oh, well, let us build the new one. It'll be bigger, taller, and we'll build it faster. So that's why they kind of like it. They say, hey, look, now you're going to let our people have a little taste of it, and we're going to benefit. So maybe it was a good thing for the Mexican community. I mean, am I, am I, I might be out on a limb with that, Enrique, but, you know, you tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you're right. And also, now this thing, this thing popped in my head. Just uh, last last weekend, last weekend, this past Saturday, my uncle came came by and stopped to drink some beers. 
and he was telling me and my dad that his his wife told the school teacher told that he has a son like has a son has his son is like four or five years old and no my bad he's like six seven years old and he's like in i believe like in second grade or third grade and the teachers they say that he needs medicine because he's over like over, hey, hey, over hyper he's hyper overactive hyper hyperactive and so they they need he need he needs to take medicine just just because he's hyperactive and he's a you know he's a he's a he's a, he's a man he's a boy he's seven you know? yeah yeah he's like seven you know like what do you what do you expect <laughs> everybody was like that you know, Dude, that, but that's what they want to do. They want to get kids on antidepressants. They want to get them on like Adderall because if they get them hooked on like methamphetamines, then later on in life, that's easy to transition into cocaine. It's easy, like it's so easy to, to get into drugs if you've been taking drugs as a child. Uh, you learn, learn about dosing. You just you get into that culture, sadly, and so like a lot of that is manipulation by society, putting kids on amphetamine salts when they're for being too hyper. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, at all, like. I mean, me, we just told them like, "Are you stupid? Like, don't be stupid. Don't be, don't be ignorant." Like, we were all like that, you know, you know, you were like that. Spanked, you know? yes. They, well, they put me yeah. on. No, my parents put me on on Ritalin when I was like ten or eleven years old, and it just I hated taking it, so they didn't let make me keep taking it. But yeah, they tried it. They, the doctor recommended it, and they put me on it, and it made me feel like shit. So I stopped, but for a lot of people, I know girls now that I went to school with that are still on Adderall, that were on Adderall when we were kids growing up, you know, that are my age. So it's like a, it's a lot of it is the indoctrination we were talking about of school. You get them on pills, you get them on whatever the hell at an early enough age, and you got them for life. Anything else, Enrique? No, sir, that'll be all. <laughs> You're the man. Thank you for calling in, Enrique. You, you have a good one. Live in La Vida Loca. That's Ricky Martin, but... Uh, I don't know why I brought that up, but I just want to say, Enrique, we love the we love the Mexican community for all their hard work and for them not being afraid of the Twin Towers and for their work in building the One World Trade Center in Manhattan. Uh, so thank you for for being such part of such a great community of people. It's over. The week is over. The month is over. These motherfuckers that think they can stop us, it's over for those cocksuckers too. It's Friday. It's a beautiful fucking. Oh, sorry. And you're hearing Chinese people yelling at you, but it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> Spe speaking of, the Chinese lady yelled at me uh, for not wearing a sure. mask uh, at the, when I picked up my pad tie today. So it's kind of nice that he said that. And the thing is, I was actually putting on my two masks. She just didn't. She just, you know, she didn't let me. She didn't give me enough well, time. Shout out to Enrique. That was a great call. And I definitely didn't mean to make a light note of that i thought that joey diaz was going to be more encouraging because the clips titled unstoppable but no way. no it wasn't very uplifting it was actually kind of <laughs> annoying to me in my ear yeah process, it's okay yeah. i'm annoying i mean what am i what are we gonna do okay and it was torture listen listen this is all i can say is it's primetime 99 Alex sign. It's Mark Steves from My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. You can find us at Alt Media United. You can find us basically anywhere if you look, as long as you're not some bozo that's, you know, has some sort of like, uh, you know, technology impediment. You'll be able to find us. It's that easy. So, Mark, what do you want to tell the people before we go? Well, I will say thank you, my man, for having me on. This was fun. Thank you, listeners and 
viewers and all that jazz come check out the podcast and everything i talked about tonight the history stuff the metaphysics conspiracies we get into it on my show too so join me over there my family thinks i'm crazy you can find it anywhere that you can listen to podcasts and you can find the conspiracy castle all over we want to say we love the cdc always follow your cdc guidelines always follow whatever anthony fauci says because listen fauci knows and you don't and uh, i want to say thank you mark for coming on we got a lot more content to create together and uh you know you're on not that long what what some annoying soundbite that i'm gonna freak out about so guys just remember it's subway sandwiches can solve if we subsidize free subway sandwiches imagine in every city you can go get a free subway sandwich paid for by the United States government that loves you. That went to the moon. That's a government that I can get behind. And that's what, that's going to be my plan. It's going to be uh, subsidized subway, subway sandwiches across America. If you want a foot long, primetime nine is going to give it to you basically. So I love y'all. Peace. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.